Welcome to the Final Scoop Podcast. If this is your first time here, welcome. And if you've been here before, welcome back. I am joined by Lucas, Mr. 50,000 Steps in a Day, Rykowski, <laughs> and the star of the cult classic Molotov Samba, Mr. Robic Samborski. We are, <laughs> we are down a man today. We searched high and low and found a great replacement. Our guest has been on the Arnold and Olympia stages and is your 1998 overall nationals champion. In addition, he is the owner of I Prevail Supplements and also celebrated a birthday recently. He is Joyzy's own Jason Orrance. Jason, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. What's up, boys? What's up, Jason? So, Jason, wow. to ask, when you hear 1998, does that kind of kick in the nuts? Or, like, what do you think that far back now? I still think it's 2001, so it sounds, uh, it all sounds relative. But then I, when I wake up and realize that it's 2024, like, holy shit, dude. It's, it's uh, yeah, quite a, quite a while back. Oh man, yeah. So what? So let's let's start off here. Talk about your brand. You you dropped the brand seventeen or eighteen? Um, I actually I incorporated in eighteen, but I didn't get up and running until the early stages of two thousand nine. March of two thousand nineteen is when I was ready to sell into into retail stores. Mm-hmm. So we're almost almost five years old. This March will be five years old. How big? How big is your team? You're running it on on your own, or it's like a family business, or? Yeah, so it's me, and it's uh, me, and then more me, and uh, <laughs> no, it's me. It's me, my wife, and uh, I actually just hired. I mean, I have, I have a you know maybe a handful or two of some athletes, you know, ambassadors and stuff. Um, but I just actually hired uh, two uh, virtual assistants to help me with social media and uh, website, you know, updates and uh, growing the social media because. Rob knows, dude. Like we're a different generation, you know. I, I can't stand the social media, and I'm not good at it. You know, I'm really, I'm really just not good at it. You know, as much Rob as Rob is. <laughs> so uh, clearly, clearly, Jason sucks at this. So I, I have to step in. Uh, of all of the crew, I probably know Jason more than anyone. And uh, because he's a bitch and he's so shy, I have to step in and then kind of like uh, tell you guys things about Jason that you probably don't know. And he's a humble guy, so he's not going to say everything that that he should be saying. Um, I go back to I think I moved to New Jersey maybe 17, 18 years ago or something like that. I mean, could be longer. And I, I was still, no, I actually just got a green card. I just got a green card so I could actually get a decent job somewhat. And Jason was actually the first IFBB product, the first potential, potential employer that I've met. And he was, he was great at explaining to me like many things. And ever since then, we didn't end up working together, but ever since then, indirectly he kind of sort of was a mentor who took me under his wing and by that i'm saying is and i'm not kissing ass right now jason knows me very well it's just not my style but uh, every time i needed him and i mean every time i needed him all it took was sending a text message picking up the phone and he was there for me so what people don't know it was a relationship on not on and off it was always on we never had issues we never had any drama any shit God knows I've been through a lot of drama and he's been through a lot of drama and there are shit lot of people that can stand us and maybe even for a good reason, which is fine. <laughs> but uh, 
2008, I had the opportunity to buy a Palm Gym. And that was Jason knows. That was a rundown, beat up, yeah. garbage gym. Like yeah. seriously, like was about to go out of business. It had almost no memberships. All the equipment was fucked up. I said it numerous times. It was like borderline suicide to even buy it. And I remember I told Jason that I bought the gym. Now, um, you guys don't live in New Jersey, but uh, Apollo and Jim were probably a good 30, 40 minute drive from Jason, where he lives. And Jason used to train at this gym not far from his house, which is all normal people do. You know, we train at gyms that are closer to drive or to walk. And as soon as I bought a palm, Jason was giving it publicity by coming in the morning and training there. So people would know that IFBB Pro Jason Arns, who is well-respected, is training at a palm gym. He, he didn't charge me a dime. He, I didn't even ask him to do it. He was just doing it and he was coming with his training partner at the time. And I remember people calling me and texting me, yo, Jason Arns trades at a palm gym. And he was giving it publicity. Keep in mind, again, completely for free completely he wasn't even asked because i would i would not ask him I, I couldn't offer him anything but every time i needed jason he was there and people don't understand how much it means in this space in this business when somebody for absolutely no reason other than friendship would do that and even though apollo nutrition is probably a couple what maybe three years older than i prevailed Jason was the first guy I reached out to because he was doing sales and he knew exactly what was going on. And we would pick his brain. He was the first one. And he would always help me and Alina, who was at the time running a pond. And we were clueless about it. We would ask him and pick his brain. He would meet us for lunch. He would meet us for breakfast. He offered help. So people don't understand the extent that he went for me. I had an all-star seminar. All it took was a call jason can you be there i'll be there you know and that was always the extent of our relationship so this is much more because i hate when the word ifbb pro you know we just made a little um kind of like appalling gym rules that basically says if you're on ifbb pro nobody gives a shit because you know i mean people come and like i'm an ifbb pro give me shit for free i'm ifbb pro you know sign me yeah, up. get in line, get in line. <laughs> you know, that, that's the thing. And I always said, if you're an IFBB pro, good for you. You achieved something. It's a personal goal. It's not my goal. It's your goal. It's your achievement, not my achievement. I don't give a shit about it. That doesn't put food on my table. So if you want to promote me and you want to bring something to the table, great. We'll give you something in return. But other than that, just because you're an IFBB pro, sorry, you know what? I'm not trying to be a dick, but that means shit. You can win the Olympia. You can still be a dick, and God knows we've seen a few of those. You know that. That's, yeah, that's just the fact. But it goes beyond the status of IFBB Pro, which he never fucking threw in my face, or I haven't seen him throwing it in anyone else's faces. You know, he there was a guy. Jason's gonna know who he is. Who used to introduce himself. Hi, uh, in New Jersey. I am. I'm an IFBB Pro. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some people don't even know what IFBB Pro means in the first place. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, I actually, you know what, because this is live and, uh, you know, and not many people know about this. Uh, I just want to thank Jason for his friendship. That uh, plain and simple. Uh, he's a great guy and all the success and everything that's going on, he deserves it because he's a hard worker. And Jason, I mean, thank you so much for everything you've done, not just for Palm, but for me personally as a friend. I really appreciate it.
we'll do the, anytime. And, 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 you know, I always, so when I first met Rob, I thought it was, it was gracious for him. I, I remember him reaching out to me and we kind of just had a bond right away. And, and, and he struck me as somebody looked this, this, this kid is, uh, I mean, we were all kids back then, you know, um, this kid's driven, dude, and you could see it. You know, you could feel it. You know, there's certain people you meet. There's talkers and there's doers, you know, and, and Rob was always a doer, you know, and, uh, you know, he, he, I think we even had this conversation when he first was entertaining the idea of buying a pollen gym or maybe shortly after he bought it. You know, at the time, a pollen gym was known for, hey, that was the place that Rich Gaspari used to train at in the prime of his career, you know, and that's what it was known for. It really never kind of made it past that. It was always kind of stuck with that. And then after Rich's career ended, it just was stagnant. And Rob comes in and he brought it life and, 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 and brought it, you know, a different look and, you know, gave a different offer to other people in the surrounding areas to start, you know, and he grew that community which then reached out to, dude, this is one of the top places in the fucking Northeast or even across the country to come and train at, you know? So um, I saw it as an opportunity is, Hey dude, you know, I'm, 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 I think at the time I was getting ready for my first or second Olympia and uh, you know, I, I'd be honored to come in and, and help you build this or even just to, for my name to be a part of, uh, you know, your building blocks of, of uh, I knew it would be a success. And then shortly after Rob got into promoting and, NPC and, and so forth and and built his his legacy you know from there but uh but it was never uh you know there was never really a motive it was just uh you see somebody who you know you you want to kind of coincide yourself with people you know who are at least on the same level or or can help bring something to your game and that's how I saw Rob so it was a, it was a good it was a good relationship, you know, and uh, and then I heard all the shit and oh, Rob's got a problem with this one and Rob's got a problem with that one and and yeah, well, dude, you know, whatever. Fucking Rob ain't gonna keep his mouth shut, dude, and he's gonna, you know, he's gonna stand his ground and fight for what he believes in and fight for what what he wants to do. And you know, he's he's always done that, you know, and and he's always been kind to me, and I'm thankful for that. And has invited me to his house numerous times and watch UFC together and and. Uh, and had plenty of conversations on how how to develop, you know, all of our successes in business and and, and future endeavors. So it's been uh, it's been mutually an honor, brother. Thank you. Thank you. If I could say as well, Jason was the first pro I had on my podcast many years ago, and he was nice enough to come back a second time. So again, I'm honored to have him back a third time. And he and I chatter over Instagram and whatnot, and you know, no egos with Jason. So I got I got to give you kudos to that, my friend. Thank you. Thank you very much. You know what? There was a there was another instance that I remember, and, and it, this is this is fucking phenomenal. At the time, I think Jason worked for Prosops. I'm pretty sure he worked for Prosops because how long after Prosops did you start? I prevail about a year. Right after, right after I left Prosops, I dude, I okay. yeah. There's a whole story behind that. I don't want to yeah, get but, into. but so, yeah. so so you did work for Prosops at the time. So one of the first one because upon it's going to be next week is going to be nine year anniversary that Apollon started Apollon nutrition i mean yeah. and at the time jason was with cross-ups and like i said he would stop by Apollon and he would give me advice on how to do this how to do that um but uh i was doing the sales and we had we were maybe in a business for about two years when we first uh we got 
two stores. And one of them was Termini Nutrition, obviously, and the other one was uh, Maria Colado, Pro Elite. And I get to Pro Elite because I was doing the sales. Was, we only had two accounts. I get to Pro Elite and I delivered the, uh, the order that she ordered. I delivered the order and Jason comes in and he brings Pro Subs. He comes in and it was the most astonishing thing I've ever seen. He started helping her at the store, like literally helping her, rearranging, helping with sales, giving people advice. I'm like, the fuck is this guy doing? But but this is, I think, this is the reason why people are drawn to you. I think that this, that's exactly, you know what? I think, and and you you pointed very, very, you were right. There, There are a lot of people that dislike me, a lot. And mostly that they dislike me is because I have a big mouth. I mean, lately I've been behaving, controlling myself, not even behaving. I mean, right. you can still piss me off and then it goes from fucking zero to 120. You're getting older. I, yeah, I, you know what? Maybe, may, maybe, but I'm, I'm a little bit more like I try to ignore the bullshit as much as I can, of course. You know, I mean, you can't you should, really change. You listen to our group chat. <laughs> you, 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 you can control yourself and uh, to an extent. But the thing is, is that um, it goes beyond people that like you, people that respect you, they will like you and they will respect you for you, who you are. And in this day and age, when there is so much bullshit and so much backstabbing and so much lies and everybody says, you, my brother, I love you, you know, I miss you and all that. And you can read through it because most of the time it's bullshit. And if you say that it's bullshit, that automatically you are hated. Right. But the thing is, is that you have to stand for something. I mean, in all the years that I've known Jason and there was shit that said, uh, was said about Jason. In fact, in our group chat, I told you, there are a lot of guys that don't like Jason, a lot. I build my opinion of people based on personal relationship. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is probably 20 plus years, I think 20 plus years that I've known Jason I don't have one negative thing to say about him, not one. And we interacted on NPC level because he was competing and I was judging shows. We interacted on promotional level because he promotes a show on a, on an annual basis. We interacted as even competitors because he has his own line and we live in the same state. Uh, but it was never an issue. And the reason is, is because it was always just friendship. Friendship comes first. And you know what? If it comes to a competition between the supplement lines, the pie is big enough for everyone. It's just, you know what? Stay in your own lane and promote your own company. And people that are truly, they truly love you and respect you, they will be happy for your success. That's the bottom line. And if you don't like somebody, rather than pretending to like that person, just say, go fuck yourself. And that's it. Yes, that person will dislike you for sure. And he's going to say about you things that you have an attitude problem, that you mean, that you this, that you that. And even among athletes, I have people that will reach out to me only when they need me. Only when they need me. And that's when the opening line, hey, bro, I missed you. But that's not the case. That's not the case. So the thing is, is that I think the reason for Jason's success and for people like me personally uh having utmost respect for him, it's because it's earned. And sometimes earned is not by working hard, but just being a good human being and a good friend and a reliable person. You don't have to work for it. 
You know, this is not fucking building a house. Just be sincere, be nice, don't lie and don't cheat and be willing to back up, you know, back up your promises, your words. And that's all it takes. So if you ask me what specifically did Jason do? Nothing. He was just himself and that's it. Didn't have to work for it to earn my respect. He just was himself and that was enough. Yeah. I think it's like I you always... said off offline, Jason, that you kind of know your lane. You're not out there wanting to compete with every supplement company out there. You're doing your thing, got your head down, you know your demographic, and you're doing what does you does you best. Well, I, I think what, what people fail to realize sometimes, because I get it, like I and, and I can I could say it with total honesty. I see Rob's line, I see brand of the year twice and and dude am i am i am i am i jealous yeah absolutely am i envious no that's a different animal you know being jealous and being envious are two totally different things you know when you're envious there there there's you know there's bad intention there 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 you know i'm jealous from a point of view would i want that absolutely but I got to fucking earn it. You know, Rob's earned it, you know, but, but it's inspiring on the opposite hand, you know? So, um, so what, what I was trying to say was what people don't realize is we need each other. We need this competition. We make each other better. You know, I see what he's doing and I see how he's applying it to his brand and he's having success and he's doing well. And, excuse me, I see all the accounts that I'm in that he's now in or, or I'm getting into that he was in before me and he's growing and I'm growing. And dude, I couldn't, I couldn't be fucking happier for a better guy. I'd rather see him do it than some big box company. Those are the brands that I feel, you know, weaken the industry. You know, guys like Rob who are original and they have their own look and they're, all, and they're not copying anybody. And just like I said, we don't follow the trends. You know, we do our own fucking thing. We stick to what we know and we make our own rules, right? And uh, and there's going to be people that admire that and want to come along for the ride and be a part of that. And there's going to be people that aren't, that are, that are more part of the masses. And that's okay. I don't really reach that demographic. You know, there, there's, a, there's a term that some of these big companies use. You know, hey, you know, we're, we're marketing this way. We're going after this strategy. Well, what about this? That's not my market. That's not my market. They fucking shut it down. They turn away from it and they stay and they stay in their lane. And that's all you can do. You, you start trying to keep up with the Joneses and keep up with what everybody else is doing. And you're going to lose sight of what brought you to where you are. And you're going to lose sight of the path that you're trying to focus on. So that's, you know, and, and sometimes it is hard because with social media and uh, the facade and the fake image that, that you see constantly. It, it's misleading and uh, sometimes it fucks you up in the head. Like, holy shit, no different from these girls that see a pretty girl on, on, on their phone and they want to look like them or be like them. And the reality is they don't look like that. Yep. It's fucking imposed or it's this or it's body, you know, it's shopped. And it's, you know, the reality is every company struggles. Every company has highs and lows. I have accounts that have been calling me for months for months. And I'm like, oh, my phone's ringing. Oh, I'm getting an order. You know, you know, an order's coming in. It's like, oh shit, it's been a slow month, you know? Now they're like, dude, hey, can I ask you something? Like, how are your other accounts doing? I'm like, oh, dude. So, so and, it's, and it's reassuring in a sense because you say, hey, it's not just me. Everybody's slow. You know, so so we hear, I hear that across the board. I hear it with accounts. I hear it with other companies. I hear it with different manufacturers that I work with. So, 
we kind of, you know, rely on each other and, and use each other to get information, which helps us progress in our own direction. But again, Rob and I were going, we're both going forward, but we're going in, you know, in different ways. And, and, and I benefit from Rob's success. So I couldn't be happier. Jason, you mentioned you had kids. You can't have them do your Instagram for you? Fuck no, dude. No, I got a 15-year-old daughter and an 11-year-old daughter, and uh, they're too cool to be, you know, they're too cool to be associated with daddy's brand. You know, like, my youngest one, she likes to wear the clothes and stuff like that. My oldest one, uh, you know, she's uh, she's in her own lane, too. Let's talk about that for a minute, because you retired, third, was it 13? Was that your last show in 13? <clears throat> my last Olympia was 2011. I didn't, I didn't compete in 2012. That's when my second daughter was born. And I was really, I was really done at that point. You know, I wanted to, I wanted to retire at 40, but I had started with pro subs and they were kind of pushing me to, you know, Hey, can you get in one more Olympia? Like it's good for the company. And, and I was already, hey, look, I want to work on my health. I want to clean my body out. I want to, you know, I don't want to walk around 228 pounds anymore, 230 pounds at five foot five, you know? Um, so I kind of gave it one more year, which was the worst year I ever competed. And, and uh, not proud of how I looked, but I was, I was done. But yes, my, my last real competitive year was 2011, but I officially retired in uh, 2013. And so you missed, got out of it just in time before the social media boom. Yeah. Yeah. And What's your as a, as a pro yourself? What is your thoughts on competitors like posting pictures almost every day? There's no illusion anymore of, you know, you see somebody um, a month out, two months, three months out. Now it's like every day. Do you think people are oversaturating? Absolutely. I think it sucks. I, I think it's horrible. I think it's horrible. Not only is it horrible for the industry, it's horrible for society. Like I just, I was actually watching this thing earlier. They're talking about nightclubs in New York City. Rob, you know, like people don't go out anymore. People don't socialize anymore. It, it's like we're in this, we're in this, you know, cocoon, you know, of, of self-absorption all through your phone and social media. But, you know, we used to wait for the magazines to come out and, you know, it's once a month and now you'd see something posted online every now and again. It's people, people's progression. And it gave us something to strive for. Now it's just, it's too much. It, there's just too much information. And the reality is, is people are basic. We, when you have too much information, people really don't know what to do with it, how to interpret it and how to use it to kind of benefit. So I, I hate to say that it's, that, that it's kind of, that it's toxic because there's so much we can learn and evolve, you know, as, as an industry and a society but it's gone too far. It's really gone. It's gone way too far. I think people are looking more for the negatives of anything nowadays instead of looking for the positive out of whatever the post is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and everybody, look, you know, when we had a problem with somebody, right, you got to go and you got to settle that problem face to face, right? Nowadays, yeah. people do it and, and, and they're, I'm not, I'm, I'm a confrontational person, okay? And I don't mean that in a bad way or that I try to be overbearing. I do it as a sense of resolve, you know, because I don't want a problem with anybody. I don't want anybody to dislike me, and I really don't want to dislike anybody. So if I have a problem, I go and I address it, and we strain it out, and we, and we, we come to a common ground, right? Or we don't. Um, 
And because of that, the more you do that, the more you build confidence in yourself to do it the next time. Like I have no problem addressing anybody. However, nowadays, people are afraid to fucking talk. People are afraid to face one another. That's because they, they do it over the phone and there's no real, there's no integrity there. It doesn't build character. You know, confrontations build character. And yeah. character, you know, it, it, it builds confidence. And when you have confidence, you can apply that and assert that in a way that could grow your business or grow yourself as a person. It walks around after fucking head downs and afraid to afraid to have eye contact, and it's 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 a different time. Jason, but to be honest, this was the main purpose of this podcast because we wanted to bring you know the honesty to the industry and just like showcase you know not only the the brands, the owners of the brands, you know, but you know we also wanted to you know lighten up the bullshit that that's been going on, you know. Because there are so many shit talkers, you know, out there, you know, and so many scammers, you know, I, I can I can talk like days about this. But, you know, we, we, we all know about, you know, all these review channels and so on that are just preaching stuff while they're paying uh, on, uh, on the table, you know, for for what they're doing, you know, and so on. You know, it's like a fake hype, you know, so yeah. this just pisses me off, you know, but. What you said, it's 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 definitely you know straight up you know because I also do agree with with what you said you know that people don't have you know cojones you know right now just to like go and speak you know for to eye to eye you know they basically like okay I'm I'm gonna text this person you know and tell him what kind of a person he is right yeah, yeah. well Rob just mentioned he's like you know he knows a lot of people that don't like me he knows people that like me to be honest. I don't know many people who dislike me. And if they do, I don't, I think, I, I happen to think that they don't dislike me for anything I've done to them or they can't, they might just dislike me for another reason. I really don't know anybody who could say, Hey, he fucked me over. He did this. He did that. I don't like him for it. Mm -hmm. I could be wrong, but, but the problem is, and for that reason alone, I don't know of many people who dislike me because Nobody comes to me and tells me this. And if and if I did do something wrong, at least I feel I would deserve the opportunity to try to set it straight or, or to make amends. Mm -hmm. um, but but Rob deals with it all the time. And he sees how quick people fucking back down. And you know everybody's a a tough guy online and 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 uh, over the phone. But uh, you know when there's a problem, I think it always needs to be addressed. Would you say it's like it's related to jealousy? That you know you are, you, you are doing you're doing good, and you know because I've noticed that you know let's say you know with the growth of Apollon because Robic was doing is doing an amazing job with his brand you know and from what I can see he's just like keep his eyes down you know and he's straight up work and yeah. you know he's he's been consistent with releasing product after product after product year by year he he has a brand of the year so. It's this just shows, you know, that the work ethic is is not that when it comes to this guy, you know. Right. But Jason, right. you're the same too, though, because when I follow your Instagram, you're always doing live from the road. A customer, you you don't seem like you're just on your phone from your home office. You're like in the no, store. I'm not about. I just got back from down from Texas and Oklahoma. <laughs> I was there last week. I'm, I'm I'm traveling again next week, and this is what I do. This is what I do to grow the brand. You know, I'm I'm a kind of you know, uh, knock on your door type of guy. And I, I believe in relationships. And just like when Rob said he met me at, at Maria's store, I went in there and we we're talking and I'm 
I'm helping her out. And I just feel as if, you know, we're, we're retail, Rob and I were retail brands, you know, and for us to develop and grow, to have relationships with the retailer and give them incentive to push us, you know, as, as opposed to, Hey dude, you know, I saw your shit $5 cheaper online. You know, I take that out of the, the stress, you know, people don't have the, the stress of that when they deal with, with I prevail supplements. They're, 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 they know they're, they're supporting a brand that's committed to retail stores. Um, and I take pleasure in that because I'm that kind of guy. I like, I like walking into a store and picking something up and buying it and looking at it. And, you know, I'm not an online shopper, you know. But that's a lost art also, though. Everybody, all these new brands opening up. Well, I've got 10,000 followers, so I'm going to be, I'm going to make all sorts of money. They're not talking to people. They're not in the street. They're not at the seminars. They're not at the bodybuilding shows with tables. Like you guys were dying breed. Yeah. So, and, and that's a great argument, you know, and that's, and that's one thing that I see that it's easy to, to lose sight because you see they're flashing the pants, you know, and, and uh, they're, they're bright this moment and uh, they burn out. You know, they don't last because they're, they're selling you an item. They're going to sell you this pre-workout, you know, and, and then they're done. And then they're, once they're following, once the new influencer pops up, everybody's going to jump to the next one. You know, but what we're doing is we're building brand loyalty. And I'm not looking to have a one night stand. You know, I'm looking to be in a relationship and to, and to develop this relationship over years. And, and look, this is not a, a you know, who's really admirable, who, who I see is a real admirable brand. And they're not a top notch, flamboyant, you know, uh, Instagram or social media. But look at Labrada Nutrition. Mm -hmm. Lee Labrada. He's got his lean body. He's got a couple products and he's been relevant for at least two decades now. Yep. That's unheard of. I mean, that's something, that's what I aspire. I want to be around, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to, Hey, I'm going to sell in five years and make my million. You know, this, I'm not about that, dude. I want to be around. I want to be relevant. I want the name to carry on and, 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 and people have, have, trust and faith in, in, in what I'm selling and what athletes could use to help them along their, uh, you know, their paths. Where did I prevail come from? Um, well, so I, I've been formulating since I was an amateur, you know, so the formulation of things, that was just something that I always took interest in as an athlete. Um, you know, on, on top of learning how to train the best I could possibly train on top of learning how to diet the best I could possibly diet, how to take drugs, the best possible way to, to one, be safe, as safe as you could be, right? Mm -hmm. um, and two, make the most gains without overdoing something or compromising your physique. And then, then, I, then I applied that to supplements where, hey, dude, if supplements, you know, what does it help us? You know, five, 10% tops, you know what I mean? But that's five or 10% that I'm not going to fucking let somebody else have over me, Right. So I learned everything I could possibly could about supplementation and, and timing of nutrients and when to do this and when to do that. And I started making my own shit from back when I was an amateur, you know, and then I carried into my pro career. And then I started working for a couple of different companies and then I would help them with some formulations and got to the point where I'm not getting paid for this. Like, you know, like I'm making some good shit, you know, and, and it's doing nothing for me, you know. So uh, at the end of my pro subs career, I knew it was really taking a turn and, and 
in a direction that I didn't want to be a part of anymore, you know, um, and that's big box. They got into Walmart and they got into this store and they started making the, the cookie and the beverage, you know, the, you know, the, the carbonated, which everybody, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I'm, I'm more of a niche guy, you know, and maybe I'll have that one day, but right now, you know, um, the direction I wanted to go in is be a, a guy who not just the top athletes could take, but anybody could take this stuff and they're going to feel it. They're going to benefit from it. You know, Jason, um, let me ask you one, one question as far as pro subs. Do you think they lost the identity as far as like, you know, going to, you know, this is bigger chains like Walmart and so on, you know, and spreading all over while they should like focus on, you know, their niche, their markets their customers and so on, you know, because I remember, yeah. you know, back in the days we, we, we had a uh, pro subs in our distribution Yeah. right now we, we, we brought them back, but you know, that it's, it's not the same as it, as it was, you know, back in the days. So I, yes, that's exactly what happened. And, and the problem is, is, you know, everything has a shelf, Every, everything has a cap, right? Mm. So you have a business And at some point you have to realize this business is only going to get to this level, right? For what you're doing, you're only going to get here. And then when you get there, just like any business, a business wants to grow, right? And people who run this business, they're looking at it from an, when you start looking at it from an investment point of view, that's where you start losing sight because ProSubs capped out. They, they hit that level and they didn't know what to do. And that happens with a lot of companies. We see it, and we, I don't want to mention names, but it's happening now with two top brands in the industry right now yeah. that are getting into Walmart and getting into Costco and doing that. So what happens is you, the money that's being spent to handle this, you, it's got to come from somewhere unless you get all these big investors. But even if you do, by being a part of that bigger market, you start pissing off you know, the niche guys, the guy, hey, you're selling out, you're getting to this. And as unfortunate as it is, it's reality. I've seen it with too many companies. So in order to grow, you have to expand to big box. But by expanding to big box, you got to make a choice, dude. You're either going to go that way and, and, and become a, a mainstream supplement company, or you're going to stay true to who you are and stay in the smaller brick and mortar stores mom and pop stores and then have stuff that's not necessarily even gray mm -hmm. but you know a little a little edgy you you, know, you got to be a little edgy you know um to make it so pro subs got to the point where they they grew because of their edginess but then they hit that cap and didn't know what to do so they went into big box they destroyed all their, their relationships with uh with their brick and mortar stores and the mom and pop stores because now They were selling out and then now they're trying to hit a number as opposed to growing as a brand. They're growing as a brand, but they're doing it in a different direction. Mm -hmm. So that that's the common mistake I see with a lot of these companies that you got to realize this is my cap and that's okay. When you start yeah. trying to pass that cap, when you pass that limit, uh, pass that, that your reach, then you're going to really diminish your brand. Um, So that was the mistake I thought ProSups made. And when they made it, I realized, hey, look, I don't want to be a, I don't want to be a part of the, you know, a company that, you know, when you hear attention Walmart shoppers, you know, you could buy ProSups on aisle four. That's not my brand. You know, that wasn't for me. So it was a time to, it was a time to really start looking at doing something in a different direction. And I had other offers. Um, 
But I was like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do it on my own and I'll start off small and I'll, and I'll do it my way and I'll take my time and I'll grow and I'll learn, you know, and, and fortunately I was able to learn from two other companies I worked for. Um, I learned a lot what not to do, you know, and, uh, that helped me. But in the process, I had relationships in like 14 states, you know, that I was doing business with, with two other companies that, Hey, I know I'm going to get some support from some of these retailers I'll grow within the region and then, I'll, and then I'll spread it out. So that, that's been my, that's been my model. Mm-hmm. You know, the funny thing is, is that speaking of uh, gray area. So I just remember the story, um, you know, a, a lot of uh, sales reps, a lot of um, IFBB pros or athletes don't know actually about ingredients and supplements. They have no clue. Then again, I guess this is the reason why I'm not liked very much. But they, they, they just don't know. They just don't know. And Jason is one of very few that actually does know. He knows ingredients. He knows supplements. I, he always knew about it. He always did his research. So uh, we have uh, a Walgreens, uh, not Walgreens, uh, Wagmans, Wagmans supermarket um, that's not far from where we live because we live very close to each other. And one day, uh, Apollo Nutrition was maybe around for about two years, three years. I don't know. I I get to see Jason. We we meet by a chance at the supermarket. We're doing shopping, like two bitches doing shopping for their wives. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, right. they, they, they sent us with a little list of what to buy. <laughs> right. And, and here we are. Uh, uh, so it's embarrassing, but it's funny. Uh, so Jason goes to me. First thing he says to me, and I remember it precisely because we just walked in into the store together from different sides. I don't know if Jason remembers this. And the first thing he says to me, yo, I got to tell you something. Like what? I know an ingredient that you have to put in your supplements. (laughs) Because there's this ingredient you have to put in your supplements. I was like, and he was so passionate about it. I'm like, what? He goes to me, it's called amp citrate. I'm like, (laughs) really? What the fuck is it? And he goes to explain to me, this is like a drug. This is so strong. Amcitrate <laughs> is, is the way to go. I go back and I'm like, well, okay, Jason said Amcitrate. I have no idea what the fuck Amcitrate <laughs> is. I'm doing research. By the time I fucking was about to put Amcitrate as per Jason's advice in my supplements, <laughs> it got banned. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> it, was right before, it was right before they banned it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, another example in the, about somebody that you know, um, actually, all of you probably know who he is. But he's an IFBB pro, and uh, he had his own supplement store in New Jersey. So one day I walk into it, we were talking, and he was contemplating whether to carry um, a Paul Nutrition brand. So, like I said, I'm not going to say who he is, but Jason probably already realized it because there are not many pros that have stores. Uh, he had a store, he doesn't have any more. And um, I walk in, probably that's the reason why he doesn't. Um, and he goes to me, Apollo Nutrition, you have a good brand. I'm like, yeah. He goes to me, but your protein, shit. <laughs> I'm like, what? I was like, why? He goes to me, it's not good. You got to have isolate. That's the only thing that's good, isolate. I was like, well, I have 50-50 formula eggs, which is half isolate, half casein. Yeah, casein is not a good protein. I'm like, what? What's wrong with it? that's not good for bodybuilders it makes you hold water and makes you fat and i'm like looking at him like what the fuck 
And just by the way he delivered it, I knew that there was no point of in arguing or trying to like say like, man, you're wrong. You're like completely wrong. You know? But that just goes to an extent to show that unfortunately, you know, there is old school and, you know, and where we are today. And, you know, people our age, you know, 40s, 50s, we sound old. We sound older than we actually are because we actually can compare that era to this era. And we actually miss that era because there was more knowledge. There was more research. Yes, if you had a problem with somebody, you would confront that person or that person would confront you. And he wouldn't do it in front of everybody for a public spectacle on social media. It would be two dudes meeting face to face, talking it out and, you know, making, you know, trying to figure it out. It's not necessarily uh, aggressive where you have to punch each other in the face. That's not what it's all about. It's about actually, you know, talking it out and, you know, making sure that you can resolve an issue. That's not the case uh, anymore. Um, just like there's, it's not a case anymore about uh, knowledge. Nobody wants to do research. I mean, sometimes I'm asked questions that are really dumb. All it takes is just Google it and the answer is right in front of you. Everything today, you can get an answer to anything and it's a legit fact-based answer, but people don't want to do the work. They just don't want to do it. And as to what Jason said about, uh, you know, staying true to yourself, he's right. I remember when ProSubs was, I actually bought ProSubs because of Jason, because I didn't know about supplements what I know today. And Jason was, uh, you know, wrapping pro subs and he would stop by. And he actually, I remember when either I always mix them up, either Dr. Jekyll or Mr. Hyde, one of those pre-workouts, when it hit the shelves, it was legitimately an amazing pre-workout. I remember, if I if I remember correctly, the caffeine dosage was 419, yeah. I think. And at that time, it was unheard of. The only one who beat that 419 was me when I came up with Hooligan with 450. Right. But 419 was very, very, very impressive. And besides the caffeine, the pre-workout itself was well-rounded pre-workout. It was, even by today's standard, if you released it today, it would be one of the better pre-workouts on the market. And I remember when they released it and Jason told me that it's good, we carried it with great success at the point, great success. And then ProSubs went and changed it and made it, I mean, I, I almost want to say, and this is probably my problem, I always want to say that it's shit but I'm going to change shit to mainstream. And when they changed it to mainstream, they sold obviously more. But the crowd at a pound did not want it anymore. We had to discontinue carrying it because there was no point. There was no point. So Jason is right. You know, a pound has its following. I prevail has its following. And those are followers pretty much from day one. And that army, because of the word of mouth and everything that we do, is consistently growing. It doesn't grow as fast as maybe Rice. It doesn't grow as fast as maybe Jim Stepani. It doesn't grow as fast as um, Raw, but it's growing constantly. And it's growing constantly because the products are advertising for themselves. You know, the products are basically, I, Jason is a good sales, uh, sales rep, so he knows how it works. And somebody as good as Jason probably could sell you shit. Like, literally could sell you shit. But guess what? He could sell you shit as good as he is, no disrespect, 
you could probably pull it off once. Because once you try that shit, as good as Jason is, you're not going to buy it again. But if he sells a good product, a good product, fully dosed product, product that works, product product that he can put his name behind it, and people buying it, now he has a repeat buyer. Now he has a person who's going to continue to support him, and that's how you build a relationship. You know, it's not a dick measurement competition where, oh, you have 500 megs of caffeine, I'm going to have 550. You have six six grams of citrulline, I'm going to have eight. It's not about that. That's that's not how it works. It's just whether you have a good product or not. And whether you take my pre-workout or we take Jason's pre-workout, we're not even close when it comes to numbers to something like rice or C4 you know, Cellucor, muscle tech, we're not even close. And in all honesty, our product is better. And this is not being biased. And it's not, you know, oh, because it's my child, my child is prettier than your child. That's nothing like it. All you have to do is look at the facts. Look at the supplement facts. I will give them that maybe they taste better because our ingredients, like Jason said, you know, our ingredients maybe don't taste too good because we are pushing performance, we're pushing results. So, you know, it's very possible that C4 tastes better than I prevail pre-workout or a pollen pre-workout, 100%, I would probably argue that it does taste better. But as a product, it's not even close. So now we have that army of followers that buying C4 because it costs $29.95. And then you have a little niche market of athletes and people that want the best supplements, that want they actually know the ingredients and they're doing research and they're buying a pollen and they're buying I Prevail. So if Jason and I would change our approach, like ProSubs did, and we would instead of pre-workout, make a $30 pre-workout. Well, guess what? We are saving money. We are saving money and we are catering to a wider audience, people that can afford, you know, cheaper pre-workouts. We're catering to scumbags that run retail stores that care only about margins and not Mm -hmm. so much about their customers. And maybe they're right because at the end of the day, they want to make money, you know, so they want cheap shit that they can make the most money out of it. Maybe. But the problem is, is while doing that, we are telling our core customers that we have right now, the ones that actually have built, helped us build our brands, we're telling them, fuck you, we are betraying you, and we're going elsewhere. That's essentially what we are doing. So to them, we are scumbags. To them, our reputation is tarnished immediately because that's what we are doing. We're basically cheating them. Selling out. I, yeah. I'd rather stay number one. Number two, we just don't have the money. I mean, I'm sorry to say it. We don't have the money. We don't have investors. We don't have, you know, Fed bank accounts. We don't have it. So yeah, but even for if, us to if go it, that far, why? Robic, but even if we, if you would have investor or Jason, would you pull the trigger and do that? Probably oh. not. Probably not. Because the thing is, is that you want to stay original. Listen, we're making enough money to feed our families, mm-hmm. you know, and people that work with us and for us. And at the end of the day, I have to look somebody close in my life in the eyes 
and you know and go to bed knowing that i'm doing something right that i didn't change because we also have jason has two daughters i have a daughter and you know having teenagers um that's not an easy age but they're still not stupid they're not stupid they proud of their parents they proud of what their parents they still watch our instagrams they still watch our social media they still know what we are about so when we are doing an honest thing and then we turning out and selling out and doing this honest thing guess what they can see it i'm not comfortable uh you know with my daughter seeing that i've changed and i get, went against my principles you know what we're making enough of a living to support our family and maybe it's very very naive to say but not everything is for sale not so, everything let me let me i'll give you two examples okay and to kind of piggyback what, what rob just mentioned i was in an account last week in texas and uh this is an account that I really genuinely enjoy doing business with because he sees things the way we do, right? He wants good products in the store. He wants his customers to get results. He makes his own pre-workout. So my pre-workout doesn't sell as well as his in his store. And dude, it's his store. He's going to push what he, and his pre-workout is edgy. It's, it's, you know, it's one of those areas that, that he loves to indulge in. Um, and he says outright, and it, it was kind of reassuring to hear um i said well, what's the feedback you're getting on it he's like dude it's like fucking crap they love it you know this and that blah 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 he goes the taste is okay and he said it just like that the taste is okay he said mm -hmm. but it fucking works i said well how do you see how do you juggle that because i deal with it different accounts they handle that that same question different ways right so he said, dude, my customers, if it fucking works, he's like, as long as it doesn't taste like shit, he goes, they fucking love it. On another hand, I was in an account the other day, or this was, I'm sorry, this was uh, a couple months back. And uh, I was asking how my pre-workout was doing. And the first thing is like, people don't like the taste. I was like, what do you mean they don't like the taste? Like, and actually, it's a, it's a, he didn't like one flavor. Now, okay. but the way he related to me was people didn't like it. I said, well, dude, let's crack open a bottle. I'll cover it for you. And let's sample it out. Okay. <clears throat> so, dude, I'm in a store. Six people came in. Six people while I was there. We sampled that. It was my watermelon flavor mission. Dude, all six of them, like, holy shit, dude, this fucking tastes great. So, I'm looking at him after the first person. I said, what do you mean it doesn't taste good? He's like, dude, he's like, I just didn't like it, so I wasn't pushing it. Well, dude, let the other people try it, right? So, I had out of the six people that tried it, um, two of them were like, dude, I'm not even a watermelon guy, but I would buy this. It tastes like Jolly Rancher. But this goes to show you with what we deal with with, with, with customers. One person out of the six said, can I see the label? They're looking at the label like, holy shit, this has all this wow. in it. The other five would have bought it on taste alone, mm -hmm. right? One out of six, that's 18% of this guy's population. And this is a population that these guys, it's right next to a gym, so they're going in to train. One of them cared what was on the label, okay? But with that being said, back to the account, I have another account that says, oh, they, it's got to taste good. They're not going to buy it. It's got to taste Well, don't they fucking care about if it's work? Like you talk about bucked up, okay? You have bucked up, which is probably – one of the top selling pre-workouts in the U.S. anyway. I'm not sure how it is across the globe. Um, but the formula, it's okay. 
right? I mean, oh, it's, you're, you're, you're really nice right now. Yeah, you're well, being nice. <laughs> but you see Jason. my point. It's Jason, just, stop fucking around. Right. <laughs> Dude, it's, it's an average product at best, but it fucking sells because they offer all these different flavors. Now, with that being said, I have my forge that I have two grams of beetroot nitrates in there, which, dude, you taste the beetroot, okay? Um, and it's hard to get over sometimes. And I actually thought about, hey, would it sell more if I took the beetroot out of it? Yeah, it probably would. But fuck that, dude. I like it. It's how I made it. I'm fucking keeping it. You know, and that's just that's just how it is. I was in an account that I recently that he's like, oh, I started carrying a pollen. So I'm like, oh shit, how's it doing? Because I know Rob, he's you know, he's got some good formulas, you know, and and uh, and he's like, dude, people like it. He goes, some people it's too strong, so they're doing a, a portion of the serving, you know, this and that. He's like, but a, a couple people said, well, the flavor, you know, and I'm like, and he's like, well, some people were bitching about the flavor. Do they like fucking like how it works? Like, like doesn't that come into it? Like, I would think that would be the deciding factor. But you know, his market. It's more of these young kids that it's got to taste good. It's got to do that. Like, dude, I, I just don't, I don't get that demographic. So I stopped worrying about catering to that demographic. It's not my demographic. It's not my market. But that's where you, things well, have to Lucas. I will give you like a small example, you know, uh, from this, this week, because Shane dropped the news on his, uh, his side, but just wanted to, uh, to let you know. So, there was like a, a big company from from Germany. They were uh, financed by ESN, and they, they were called Vayu, like the black label with the uh, red, <coughs> thing, you know. So they were like loaded formulas, you know, everything on top, you know, from trademark ingredients, you know, full dose stuff, you know, for like uh, you know supplement geek. These are just like top notch, you know, products, you know. As far as like the flavors, not that much, you know, but what what you expect, you know, when you got like, you know, a huge label with fully dosed stuff and so on, you know, so they had to close doors uh, this month just because, you know, there was basically no, no traction, you know, there was no sales and, you know, ESN is financing value, but at the same time, you know, ESN is also like pushing their own stuff, but at the same time, you know, ESN is like, 50% maybe, you know, cheaper than, than value, you know? So this is when when you, you see, you know, this, this, this discrepancy, you know? Plus, you know, from what I can see from my standpoint as a, like, supplement distributor, I'm getting, like, messages, like, every day. And they're like, okay, Lucas, send me uh, suggestions to best uh, pre-workouts that you have. So I'm sending, sending them, like, my top favorites, you know, what I can see. And next question is always like, so which one pays the best? Right. And right. I'm like, dude, you're killing me. You didn't even, the, even check the formulas. The intro, like, the, the intro workout that I used to make myself back when I was competing, dude, it was a mix of like, and we didn't even have carbs. So I know Rob uses cyclic dextrin, the cluster dextrin. I use uh, carb 10. So there's different, we didn't even have the luxury of having these good carbohydrate sources. But I knew the importance of an intro workout. So at the time, all I had was fucking Gatorade, dude. It's all I had. You know, Gatorade turned to Waxy Maze, then it turned to Vitargo, then it turned to carb Carbolic and Carbolin, then it was Cyclic or Cluster Dexter, now it's a pea starch. But but I used to take my essentials and mix them all together 
-hmm. in the Gatorade bottle, right? Um, and 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 add my and add some sodium and add this and, and that would be my intro workout. I did not once for a second did I worry about how it fucking tasted. I knew this is what's going to benefit me during my workout. I'm getting it in me one way or another. I, I don't give a fuck how it tastes, but that shit's yeah. getting in my body, you know. And that was that was the main thing. Now it's dude, it's look, it's a different time, man. Hmm. It sucks. That's what that's what it comes down to. Because I see people saying that they sip their pre workouts now. And let's face it, who the hell sips a pre workout? But that's another thing. Like when it comes to pre workouts, and people like argue about taste. Like this isn't a fucking wine tasting convention. You're not you're not you're not taking it and having it over a meal. Shoot the fucking thing down. What people don't realize is most of these components in your pre workout they take a good thirty, sometimes forty minutes. Like for citrulline really to be effective, you're you're almost at the forty minute mark. So if you're sipping on this during your workout, by the time you're done, that's when it really starts working. And then you've you've passed that window. So you want to get this shit in you before you get to the gym and then make it fucking effective. And, it, and, what's, fun, and what's even funnier is that they are dry scoping this shit, you know, without yeah. even drinking fucking water. Right, you know, right. mixing, mixing it's not even constituting it. Shaker. Yeah. Right. It's not even constituted. <laughs> and after, after, after that, after that you're, you're seeing these reviews. This probably doesn't work. Well, dude, it's like trying to digest a meal, right? Without drinking. Yeah. Right? Like it's going to be slower. It's going to be released slower through your system. Your body's going to break it down at a slower rate. People don't realize you need water. You need hydration to not only not only activate some of these ingredients, but to get your body to, to absorb them. Mm -hmm. And common sense just isn't a fucking thing anymore. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, we, we live right now in um... – I, it, well, first of all, my personal belief is that if you have protein or you have EAAs or something like that, something that you actually drink and sip, yeah, I would personally also like for it to taste good. And it's actually not that difficult to taste good. So I like the fact that our stuff, the protein and the aminos, they taste good. And I would maybe bias, but I mean, from what I see, people are raving about it and they say it tastes great. So mission accomplished. When it comes to pre-workouts, it's a pre-workout. It's it's you know I mean especially if you're loading it with caffeine and stimulants and you try it. It's almost blinds me. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, you, can just, you can take it as a shot and you're good to go because it's a pre-workout. And I'll give you a perfect example. Years ago, when Dorian was training at a pond, he released his uh, supplement line. Oh um, uh, yeah. In, yeah. In the States. And I remember he gave me to try, I think I told you the story, he gave me to try his pre-workout when it came out. And I'm at a pond in the office, and our office is open to everybody. You can see it from every side, from the gym or from the entrance. And he gave me to try his pre-workout. I don't remember the formula. I don't remember anything. Um, I remember it was manufactured by high-tech, and I remember it was a prop blend. So whatever. But it doesn't matter. The fact is, is he gives me to try I down it quickly, and literally in front of everybody, there was a bunch of people in the office. I threw up. I mean, it was so bad. That was, I mean, easily I can say that was the worst tasting pre-workout I have ever tried. Bar none. It was really bad. But it took me by surprise, and I didn't expect it because it didn't give me no warning or anything like that. I threw up. And I was like, I was cursing him out. I was like, you motherfucker, what you gave me? What you give me? And, and, and he goes to me, he goes, 
no, 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 it's really good, it's strong. Now, again, I tried it again, but this time I was actually prepared that, you know, that it tastes like shit. I down it quickly, wash it down with water or something like that, and I was fine. Um, I don't remember in terms of pump and all that, but the energy, I mean, maybe there was uh, amp citrate in it, maybe there was DMA, I don't know at that time, but it was strong. So it gave me like very, very good, strong kick in the ass, gave me a good energy. It could have been ephedrine. It could have been ephedrine or ephedrine. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it could have been, yeah. So it was very strong. It was good. It was powerful. No complaints in that department. And then Dorian was like, he comes to me and he goes to me, does it really taste that bad? Because it just came out. It wasn't even available to anyone. I think it was like a sample pack. I was like, Dorian, I'm like, this is terrible. I mean, this is going bad. Right. I said to him, but it works. I mean, it works. So I was like, I was just not prepared for it. So I said, don't take it the wrong way. I wasn't prepared for it, but it worked. Fuck it. So then two or three months later, Dorian takes an ad in muscular development. And I don't know if you can still find it or not. And I don't remember word for word, but it was basically something like he put an ad and you know, pr promoting his um, his pre-workout, his line. And at the bottom, it says, it tastes like shit, but it works. It works. Something like that, something to that extent. And I thought it was brilliant marketing. I thought it was absolutely brilliant because it was coming from Dorian and because, you know, it's his pre-workout. It was actually selling pretty well. Um, it was popular. And uh, the thing is, is that we have small, I still consider Apollon a small brand. Uh, we have small family-oriented brands. And we have we have a customer base. We have stores, we have, you know, we, we have army of followers, fans of the brands. Both I I'm, I'm talking about speaking about me and Jason right now. And they care when it comes to pre-workout about something that works. That's really, really works. And I'm, I'm talking about it like our pre-workouts taste like shit, but they don't. They just may be not as delicious because there are some pre-workouts that really out there that are delicious. They're just amazing tasting. I tried mm -hmm. C4 a couple of years ago. I thought it was fucking amazing. It was amazing tasting pre-workout. But maybe we don't have the big piece of a pie that those big brands have. We have a smaller piece of a pie. But we also don't have 500 employees we don't have that much in terms of expenses. So if we sell far less than they do to the core customers that actually care about quality, guess what? We've done enough. And right now, I actually value the brand that uh, Lucas was talking about. It's actually one of my favorite brands. Like Jason, when, when you have a chance to look it up, even though they're out of business, they're okay because they're owned by this major fucking company that is... They, they're not hurting for money. So I don't feel bad for him, for them. But at the same time, I'm going to miss the brand because it's a nice brand. In fact, the label, the label design is still my favorite of all the brands out there. In my opinion, that is the best label bar none. Just beautiful. So simple. But it's perfect in my opinion. I mean, honestly, I, I wanted to steal that from them because upon is black and red. And they are black and red labels. They're just fucking beautiful. But to me, I think ESN is making far more money selling what they're selling, which is more mainstream, than they were investing top dollar into Vayu because of the 
you know, what it takes to make that brand. You know, I mean, obviously it's more expensive and it's a huge expense. So they decided to go off to mainstream and fuck that and they closed shop. To me, I think, and I'm being right now a businessman, I think it's great. Why? Because now there is more for a palm. Yeah. You know, in terms of Europe, there are still customers that I'm sure are very, very upset that Bayou is gone. The core customers that were buying Bayou, I'm sure they're going to miss it. Well, here we are. We can't. Hey, hey, Rob, let me, ask, let me ask you this. When you first started, even your first couple of years, how many, how many brands, right, that you know of, that you could really think of, that have come and gone? That have just fucking come and gone. All these smaller brands that start off start off like us, and have similar ideas, but maybe not as much as a, a true passion and work ethic, you know, um, as we put into it. But right, I mean, I, I could probably count on both hands the number of number of businesses that I've seen come and gone, right? Um, and then you see these other businesses, and you know, we all have up and down times in the industry. Times when the when it's hot, when we're all we're all doing well. There's times when it's a little slower. When uh, you know it, it might be uh, tougher to, to hit a number, right? Um, the difference is when it comes to companies like Rob and I, like you just mentioned, that don't have all this overhead, that don't have dozens of employees and huge amounts of rent and insurance to carry everybody and 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 company vehicles and whatnot. They have a couple bad months. They're in trouble. Yeah, you know I mean? like they're they're in trouble. Guys like us, dude, like I'm profitable every month, mm -hmm. every month. I will, nobody's going to outlast me in, in, in this, in this fight, you know? And that's why I was saying I'll grow at my, at my will because I'm not risking the business. And some of these companies, they, they, they see this growth and well, just like, just like stores that open, right? We've seen all these stores come and go. And this guy has success in one store. Hey, I'm going to do a second store and a third store and a fourth store. And dude, you haven't built the first one long enough. Like, let it grow and develop. Now they have, now they're juggling two or three stores. They have one bad month. All right, dude, now I got money coming from this store to pay the rent at this one. Or I got money from this store to pay the rent over here. And then this one collapses. Now they're behind in the first store because they were carrying two other stores. So that's a big mistake I see common is, is people trying to grow too fast. But when it comes, when it comes to these big box companies like ProSups, and I hope I'm not, you know, call them out here, calling them out here, but one of our best years as a company, we're doing like 50 million, 50 to $60 million a year in sales as a company, but made no money. But our investors were, they made no fucking money. I mean, people were taking, you know, top, you know, salaries and traveling first class and going across the world and eating in fucking five-star restaurants at, at the company's expense, you know, but the company made no money for years. And it, that's not, and that's, Luke, is like you're asking for what happened to them. That's what happened to them is they started growing too much where, hey, you got to sit, you know, when you have roots, Right your retailers will push your brand for you. When you're spending millions in marketing, like some of these top guys do, dude, that's an expense where you have one bad, bad month or two bad months and you can't carry that expense on top of all your other expenses, you're in trouble. And I know a couple top companies right now, I'm not going to mention their names, but they're in trouble. They're not paying their bills. 
So we'll see what the new year brings, but I kind of think there's going to be some, some of these top names that we might not see much uh, more of by mid-year. Well, because you know what? You just said something, you know, in terms of like how we operate and how certain other brands operate. But the thing is, is that I think when it comes to, and again, it's not like I'm praising us. There are other companies, which just, it happens to be that the, the owner of I Prevail and the owner of Apollon are on this podcast. So I'm, I'm going to use us as an example because, uh, you know, we're here. I don't want to talk about other brands that are not here. I mean, we can always have a discussion about certain things. But uh, you, when you started, and that's the reason why, you know, you are still here five years, six years later, is because I remember you came with a bunch of products. That's number one. You didn't come up with one pre-workout, what everybody does. I see everybody comes with a pre-workout. And every time they come with a pre-workout, number one opening line, the strongest on the market, game changer, the best there is, and shit like that, that shit doesn't fly anymore. That right. just doesn't fly. And even though pre-workouts sell, you can only have so many pre-workouts. Sooner or later, it just gets oversaturated. I think, in fact, it's already oversaturated. It's just way too many. Yeah. And if you don't have anything behind it, then you're probably going to fail. But uh, when it comes to working out and people actually living the lifestyle, it's more than a pre-workout. It's also other things, intra-workouts and fat burners and whatnot. And you have to present a little bit more than just putting all your eggs in one basket. You have to do a little bit more. And I think that's what we've done. Actually, you've done it better than I have because I came up with protein, pre-workout and creatine. Creatine nobody needs, but uh, protein and at least I had protein. So at least that's good. I didn't come out with just pre-workout. You came out, I think, with four or five products, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, four originally, yeah. Yeah, so you, you did a little bit better than I did, and I think that's the way to do it. That's number one. Number two, you mentioned in the beginning of the podcast copying. They fucking copy each other, and I take tremendous pride, but also I'm disgusted by the fact that how many brands have copied me. Me too. And and, and and yeah, I, I I take pride in it. It's it's really cool. Oh my god, you know what? Because uh, <laughs> because because it's cool. People are copying you. That means you're relevant. You know, if I'm talking about you, good. You're relevant. If I'm bad mouthing you to somebody, you're relevant. You're obviously our subject. So when I see how many companies have copied me, I have never copied anyone, ever. You know, and it's not because I'm stubborn. It's just because I have brand identity, because I have a core, because I have my vision, and you and I are friends, and we both have brands, but our brands are, I'm not saying entirely, but they're slightly different. Yeah. And you kind of went with your course. You don't have one product that even resembles Apollo Nutrition. Yeah. Neither do I. I don't have one product that resembles yours. You know, we have some ingredients maybe that we're using and stuff like that, but nobody will ever pick up your product and say that you ripped off a palm. And right. nobody will do the same <laughs> with me. But right. there are a couple of products on the market that I they're ripping each other off. Or there is a new trend. Somebody comes up with something and it worked. Now, all of a sudden, everybody comes up. Everybody's on it. Yeah. Ridiculous. And, I mean, without naming people, you're still going to know, especially, you know, Lucas, who follows the, the market, I came up with uh, pre-workout pills, pump pills. I think I was the first one, to be honest. I think so, I, at least to my knowledge, because I didn't look up anyone or try to copy anyone. All of a sudden, there is a bunch of them. 
Some of them are actually look almost identical to mine, which is astonishing. There was one. There was one particular. There is one particular. It looks astonishingly like. I mean, you have to be a fucking moron not to see it. Yeah, like ninety nine percent. Yeah, ninety nine percent. Yeah. So it's and it, and it came just you know a few months later, which was. I mean, and Jason, of, Jason, it's not a small brand. Really? Yeah. So it's I not mean, the like, again, I, mean, I was. I didn't want to cut you off, Rob. I didn't want to cut you off when you were saying, when it comes to, that's that's the problem though, is when you put something together that's good, and we're smaller brands, right? So when a bigger company does it and they take ingredients that they've never fucking used before and probably don't even know what the fuck they do, and they see that we're using them, and now they put them on their label, it makes it look like they started it because they're they have more visibility. Well, and that's the thing. That's the thing, and you're right. And you know what? For a while now, I was contemplating, you know, I, I I kind of threw a few hints and kind of like, you know, like slaps behind, you know, behind the ear, but I never called them out. I guess that's the reason why I'm getting old. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting I'm getting maybe too nice. But the reality is, is that we do need to call them out. We do. We owe it to our company. We owe it to our idea. We owe it to our to people that work with us, you know. We owe it to ourselves, basically, because you're right. More people are gonna find out about that because it's a bigger company, more marketing money, more investors, more everything. But it's wrong because I understand that if you come up with a product, I can fucking copy it word for word, ingredient for ingredient, and nobody can stop me. You can't stop me. You can't even sue me because it's not illegal. But the bottom line is, is why should I get away with it? Why should I get away with it? Why shouldn't you call out and embarrass me in front of everyone and say, like, this is a motherfucking thief? So, Rob, Rob, let me ask you you this. And I know it's it's like taboo to do this nowadays, but this is something I've been contemplating. Yeah, go ahead. And I I don't know if it's something that you would do or if anybody else would do, but I know we're all against proprietary blends, right? And I, and I know, but when shit like this happens, now I fucking get why people do that. You know, and I don't want to put together a proprietary blend because I'm trying to cheat somebody and not really have enough of something that's dosed right. If it's in my product, it's going to be dosed right, right? Mm-hmm. I want to put it in a prop blend because I'm tired of fucking people ripping me off. Mm-hmm. Like I'm tired of people using ingredients that I haven't seen on the market in four or five fucking years. And now they're popping up in on, on almost every label, you know? Yeah. So, and they have my dosage, you know, and these are dosages that I've used that now they don't know if they work. They just saw that it worked on this fucking formula and they're putting it together. But I put this shit together. The clinical studies are done by me. I'm the fucking guinea pig, dude. I'm the one that sacrificed and taken time out and bought all of these individual ingredients and put them to work. And not only did I put them to work, but I put them to work in a severe controlled environment, right? Where I was at minimal body fat, eating the same food on my prep time day after day after day at the same time, doing the same amount of training, the same amount of cardio, the same amount of other drugs that I was doing at the time in my my preparation, my contest preparation times. But now I'm introducing these raw ingredients and I would see what they would do to your body as opposed to some studies I've seen. Everybody has a fucking study now, right? The studies suggest this. Well, you know, dude, if the study doesn't suggest this, you know what you do? 
you make another study. You know, you find another study. Though it's like the common, it's like that common argument. You know, if you don't like what your doctor tells you to do, you know what you do? You find another doctor. Find right? a doctor. <laughs> you find another doctor. You, you so, know, at, at the end of the day, you're absolutely right. I mean, there has to be something where you can definitely protect something. It's got to be something that's ours. It fucking yeah, belongs yeah, to yeah, us, yeah. and we keep it. It, it has to be. And that's the point is that everybody's trying to copy each other. Even look, for example, perfect example right now. What is hot right now? It's hot right now to release a, a, a pre-workout that is called a daily driver. But the thing is, is that I don't mind that. But the thing is, is that daily driver can be something like somebody, Lucas, a daily driver for him is a thousand milligram of caffeine. That's his daily driver. You know, you know why? Because he can tolerate it. For him, a daily driver of 200 milligram is not a daily driver. That's a sleep formula for him. <laughs> you know, that, that, but I'm just, you know, obviously I'm exaggerating a little bit. Not, not entirely. He's a freak when it comes to that shit. But the thing is, is that we all different. So what is the daily driver? The daily driver is not right now a term to say that, uh, you know, you have something that is mild in terms of caffeine or stuff like that. No. The daily driver right now is a perfect fucking lie that is people are hiding behind by doing low dosage, cheap shit just to sell it to you and say like, oh, you know what? It's only $29.95 because it's a daily driver. No, motherfucker. You have a pre-workout that costs $50, $60 that is fully loaded, amazing pre-workout. You just release something that is a half dose of that. And you're calling it instead of a cheaper version or maybe, you know, uh, more budget friendly, which would be a perfect term. Perfect term. Just say something. This is a cheaper version. You know, this is more, you know, affordable version, you know, especially in times when economy is absolutely shit. You can make a pre-workout, you know, maybe don't have as much in terms of profit, you know, maybe cut a little bit on your profit where you don't put as much money in your pocket. But when you're making a pre-workout that costs 20 bucks and you're selling it for 50, and now you're making a pre-workout that costs five bucks and you're selling it for 29.95, and you're trying to say like, oh, look, I'm making a daily driver for you. Well, maybe your 50 bucks pre-workout is a daily driver for me. And when you have all these review channels and, and content creators and, and, and news platforms, blasting everywhere look this company has created a daily driver they're amazing well you're endorsing a lie that's what you're doing essentially you're endorsing a lie and you're endorsing cheating the consumers that's what you're doing everybody says how they're doing something for the industry for the better of the industry but what's better for the industry is to stop fucking lying mm -hmm. you so, know so right. it's not wrong to do a cheaper pre-workout but don't make it sound like it's a fucking greatest right. since cutting life. edge Fucking cutting edge. Cutting edge, yeah. Right. So, so Rob, let me and we we've heard this because we've argued with people before, and actually we've I've stood on this ground before. You need full transparency on the labels. You need this. You got to give full disclosure. Why? Why? Unless you're trying to cheat somebody. And Nutribio was the first person, the first real company that did that, right? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. They, they gave full transparency and. And the lab results and the this and the that. And, and now everybody does it, right? And everybody's done it to a point where now everybody's just fucking copying one another. So when it comes to full transparency, you got to see what's on the label. My question is, why? These consumers don't know what the fuck it is. 
People know that citrulline is a six gram, you know, clinical dose because that's what they fucking read. They don't know that. And, and, that, and that's for somebody who weighs certain, a certain amount of body weight that has minimal body fat, that, that eats a clean diet, that they can absorb these nutrients. It doesn't have heavy sugar or heavy triglycerides running through their bloodstream, which buffers the effect of a lot of these raw ingredients. Like the cleaner your system is, the less you actually need, the more you're going to respond to these ingredients. But my point is, most consumers don't know what the fuck they're eating anyway. Oh, well, what's a clinical dose of citrulline? Well, dude, well, you know, well, Johnny, let me explain it to you. You know, the clinical dose of citrulline, if you use nothing else, is between three and six grams, depending on body weight. That's if you use something else. But when you add aguantine sulfate, when you add pine bark extract, when you add a metaflavone, when you add beetroot, there is no clinical study for that. So the reality is when we used to try supplements, our first thing was, does it work? right? How do you yeah. feel? Does it work? Do you perform better? Do you recover better? Are you having better workouts? Are you applying it to your routine where you're benefiting from? If you are, okay, good. I want to take it. I want to buy it. Now, what's in it? How do I make something better than this, right? And then you have to break down what are these ingredients doing to one another? How are they working together synergistically? And what are they doing in your body? And, and furthermore, what is your body doing at the time you're ingesting them? And all this shit is relevant. And when you put together a full disclosure, full transparent label, sure, it sells right now because that's the topic, that's the talking point. But the reality is it really doesn't matter. Is I know guys that respond to three grams of citrulline, and I know guys that can take 10 grams and still don't feel shit. You know, so it, it's it's all relevant. But my point is people really have to start getting behind. And it would help, you know, companies like Rob and I. Um, and we might just have to be the trendsetters in this, or at least I might have to, because it's something I'm really seriously considering, where I'll have my all right, three two-bit alanine and six citrulline, this and that. But my caffeine blend, I'm going to keep that here. This is what you're getting for caffeine. I'm not going to tell you how I mix it up. What am I using on my other ingredients? I'm not going to tell you what I'm using. I'm going to mix it up. But you're getting this in sodium, this in, this in citrulline, this in caffeine. The base elements, the base components that I'm using, I'm going to give you. But the rest of my shit, dude, that's fucking for me. Why do I have to tell you? But do we know how much corn syrup is in fucking Heinz ketchup? You know what I mean? Like, no, it's their formula. People like you know, I think, I think, and I agree with you. Surprisingly, I agree with you. I agree with you. The, 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 the really? Reason, yeah, I actually do. And you agree I'll, on I'll, a lot of shit. What are you talking about? Yeah, maybe a fuck. I don't know. I am getting fucking old. But, <laughs> but the thing is, here's the reason why I agree with you. Um, there is always a way to cheat. That's number one. And that's something that I came to a realization recently. There is always a way to cheat. Even by looking good, you can still cheat. What I mean by that is, is that... Um, so we, we obviously criticize uh, proprietary plans. And we criticize them for, for a right reason. Because 99.9% .9 of the time, proprietary brands was a way to make a cheap-ass product. You know, there are companies and just put shitload of caffeine in it and nothing else. It feels like it kicks ass, but it's a shit product. And, you know, the product would cost 5 bucks, and they would sell it for 40 bucks, And everybody's, mm -hmm. well, not everybody, the consumer is getting fucked. But the company is making a lot of money. Simple. You know, they're cheating. Now, the term is uh, synergy. 
And you're right about synergy. Certain products, you know, synergetically can yield certain results without a doubt. But now the scammers found a way to cheat. Why? Because they're going to bring a, a completely ineffective dosage, like completely, like, you know, there's nothing in it of one ingredient, completely ineffective dosage of another ingredient. And then they say, well, by putting them together, we're creating a synergy. But they're not. Essentially, what they're doing is, is that they taking well-known ingredient, well-respected ingredient, and they're saying, well, the reason why we didn't, you know, fully dose it or, you know, do, um, we, well, they're not going to say underdose it. We didn't dose it. It's because of the synergy. No. What you've done is you paid less for the product to make more profit. So while the synergy does exist, it just doesn't exist in your product and you're cheating the consumer. And the same thing can be said even in fully transparent labels. So the company comes out and says, we are fully transparent. We have fucking amazing product and it's fully transparent. And then because you know what works, you're reading the full transparency. Now a customer just bought the product because it's fully transparent. But the product is a complete dog shit. It's garbage. You know, you've I've seen no, that, that's that's I've exactly seen, I've seen dozens right now of products that are fully dosed products. Well, at least not fully dosed, I'm sorry, fully transparent products, but they garbage. <laughs> they complete garbage. Or you will say have a label, this is this been done time and again, where you would see citrulline six grams or eight grams or ten grams, or you would see better alanine at three point two gram uh, grams, and you're like, okay, okay, nice. And then you read to the bottom. And there is tyrosine, 100 milligrams. Like, the fuck is that? The fuck, fuck atomic. is that? You know, fucking rock atomic. Th th there is nothing in it. But I think if, and I was contemplating this, I was really contemplating this, I might do it. Just like you. If you and I, who do have a reputation, people can like us, people can hate us, it doesn't matter. Nobody can argue with one fact that we have actually good brands. We do have good brands. So whether you like me or you don't like me, one thing you cannot say that I have a dishonest brand or garbage brand or something like that. My personal character, attack it all you want. That's cool. You cannot attack my brand. It just I didn't give you a reason to attack it. So if somebody like us who are, you know, whether we're respected by our peers or not is a question mark, but our brands are respected. They're respectable brands. So if we release a proprietary blend, People will buy it. So that, that was actually my point because then I know you're arguing with people trying to cheat, but what about the people that aren't trying to cheat? Like we're just trying to protect our copyrighted or the, the stuff that we put in our formulas oh, and other bigger companies are stealing from us. And the reality is, is could we try to be trying to cheat? Sure. But just like you said, we're not the people that want you to try our product once and never buy it again. We're not the flash in the pans. We're not trying to get a quick sale. I want you to buy my product, right? And the ProSubs had a couple products that are proprietary blends that really weren't that good, but people bought them because they liked them. And again, like if it comes to beta, let's just say beta alanine, you know, people aren't buying our pre-workouts to get their daily dose of beta alanine, right? They're taking it because it works well with the other ingredients and there is no fun. And to be honest, beta alanine really isn't a great fucking product anyway. It breaks up a little bit of hydrochloric acid, not even as much as other ingredients that I want to use that I haven't used yet. We'll talk about that at a different time. But um, people get the tingles from it, so they feel it. And that, that's what it really turns into. They feel it. They feel something. They feel it's effective. 
you know, th there's fat burners out there that you don't feel. You're not, if you take a T3 product, you take a Synthroid or a Cytomil product, you don't feel it. But it's more effective than any fucking fat burning you're you're gonna you're gonna try. You don't feel fat burning, but if but because people don't feel it immediately, they think it doesn't work. But but back to the argument of of uh, ripping people off. You know, we're we have brands where people know we're not trying to fool anybody. We're not trying to get over. So if they look at a and and I'm not saying give a proprietary bland on on everything, just some of the just some of the smaller ingredients. Mm -hmm. that people don't know of or people haven't really experimented with or people haven't done their own studies on or put to use in the field or have acquired knowledge, and I mean real acquired knowledge of how these fucking things work, right? Why are we giving that out? So we could say we have a full transparent lab label? Okay, maybe I have a three-quarter transparent label, right? You know you're getting the citrulline, you know you're getting the beta alanine, you know you're getting this hypothetically if that's what the product is. But why should you know what these four or five components, I'm using a mushroom blend, right? Let's say I'm using Shaga, Garakan, you know, uh, Cordyceps and, and a lion's mane blend, you know, kind of like a Pico 2 or something. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. why do I have to get, and to be honest, those aren't even dosed that fucking high. You know what I mean? Like, they're really not even dosed that good. And, and I want to ask Rob about something after we finish this, but, but, you know, why do I need to give you what I found to be effective. Why do you need to, you're not buying my product to get your quarter, to, to get your cordyceps uh, dosage from, from taking my product. You're getting it for effectiveness for that, for that workout or whatever you're using it for. <clears throat> but leave that as it may. Um, when it comes to trademark, and I know Rob, you're using more patented and trademarked ingredients, you know, in, in, in some of your formulas now. Um, is, is that something because you believe in those actual ingredients or do you think it's more like people want to see them, people are liking them, it's something good right now? Like, how do you, how do you feel about some of the ones that are out there? Well, honestly, to be perfectly honest, so I, uh, I did a product last year called Triumph, which was a pre-workout that was, and I'm going to come out and say it straight up because I'm, you know, just again, I'm being fully transparent and fully honest. There are two pre-workouts that I released. One last year was, well, because it was December 31st, it was in 22. Um, at the end of the year, I released Triumph. And then at the end of last year, I released Fuck Mediocre, right? And I actually planned both of them around the same time. And I knew that I'm going to release one at the end of 22 and the other one of, of 23. Now, if you ask me, which one I like more. Fuck Mediocre cost me almost twice as much in terms of to make it. Why? Because it had 15 trademark ingredients. 15. It was very impressive. It was designed by Chris Waldrum, who is not cheap, you know, and a great designer. A lot was put into that product. I mean, it was very, it was easy to sell it direct to consumer because the price was pretty high. It was a little bit more challenging, but still the demand was there to sell it to retailers because, again, it was just ridiculously expensive to make. As a pre-workout, if you tried both of them, well, I tried both of them, so I'm going to speak for myself. So, uh, I mean, uh, Triumph was great. It was a good pre-workout with fucking alpha size instead of alpha GPC, you know, and um, what else? Uh, 
I mean, everything was trademarked. That alanine was uh, trademarked. Yeah, everything was trademarked. trademarked. Yeah, everything was trademarked. The 15 ingredients, uh, betaine was trademarked, uh, beta power, everything. But uh, Fuck Mediocre even had my name on it, that it's my addition, because I put my name behind it. The first one was a pawn name. The second one was, well, also a pawn, but it had my name on it. It cost half. To manufacture, I liked it more in terms of effectiveness, a lot more. So I mean, don't, don't 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 get me wrong, Triumph was phenomenal, but in terms of and we sold out of fuck mediocre a lot faster. It was about ten dollars cheaper, if not fifteen dollars cheaper than Triumph, but we sold out instantly within a day. It was gone day and a half. Triumph was around for maybe even two months or something like that. It was harder to sell. So this one, I liked a lot more. Why? Because this was, it was a pre-workout that I designed for myself. It was basically saying, fuck you to everybody. I'm just going to do it my way, you know? So this is the way I did it. But uh, to answer your question, no. Patented ingredients and trademark ingredients are not better. In some cases, they are. Very, very, very few cases, but they do sell. So, you know, I did the first one Triumph more for marketing, for hype, and to please others rather than to please myself. And I released the second one. I think other than estrogen, it doesn't have anything fucking trademarked at all. But the reason the product. The reason I ask is because one of my products we were going to use the, the Grains of Paradise. It, it was the T2 Sweat when I first launched it, Lucas. Um, and I manufacture like, well, do you want to get the trademarked ingredient, the paradoxin, or do you just want to use the grains of paradise? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so we're going over pricing. Do grains of you know, to, to pay for the trademark is again, yeah, but you have it on the label. I said, yeah, but dude, I don't give a fuck about that, dude. So we, we brought in the grains of paradise and we brought in the paradoxin to, to sample them out and we tested them. We sent them for testing. Both of them came back at 98% pure grains of paradise. So what the fuck am I going to pay an extra, you know, double the amount for this one ingredient? And so it, like, that's why, like, and, and I get it because I see some of these other brands selling where they put that trademark on the label. And that's when, when, when I said some of the consumers, they just don't know any better, you know, but it makes a difference. It, mm. it makes a huge difference. But in effectiveness, like just like Rob said, there's no fucking difference. No, I mean, 98% pure, example, dude. That's it. Yeah. If you, if you take, for example, and this is even a better example. If you take Adventure Z, right? Adventure Z comes, I think, at 30%. And I think they have 50% synephrine, if I'm not mistaken. But mostly it's 30%. 30% Adventure Z is way, way more expensive than pure, pure synephrine. And pure synephrine comes at 98%. 98% and it's a lot cheaper and stronger than Adventure Z. So I think it's... But here's the problem. The problem is, is that you and I know about it and lucas knows about it and sean knows about it and that's not good enough the problem is is that the consumer doesn't know because he's fed all these lies about trademarks that literally just you know fancy names and that's it and you have to overpay what consumer doesn't understand is by giving them fuck mediocre instead of triumph they're gonna save money and get a phenomenal pre-workout at much cheaper price but we do have to explain to them because, you know, I, I, I had, even though, like I said, Fuck Mediocre did phenomenal, 
we had more units, but we sold it cheaper, uh, sold, uh, sold, uh, sold it faster, sold out. Mm. I think it's, we have to explain to the consumer that, listen, we saving you money because right. if you're going to force us to go and buy trademark ingredients, it's going to cost us more and we're going to be forced to actually, you know, make you pay more for a product that doesn't have real advantages. Now, I'm not saying that all trademarks are shit because that's not the case, obviously. But in most cases, in most <laughs> cases, it is. It is. You know, I mean, the, I the, prices that, the, the prices that, I mean, look at the difference. And again, I'm not attacking right now. I'm just saying the difference between alpha size and alpha GPC is ridiculous. It's a, And both are, believe, is 50%. They both delivering the same, but one is a lot, a lot more expensive, you know, and, and that goes across the board. You know, so you have citrulline trademark, you have this trademark, that trademark, you know, betaine tra trademark, but the price is a lot more expensive and we are forced to charge more money. So, yes, I, I see your point. I mean, we should definitely go with cheaper. And if we can translate that cheaper, that cost, quality, quality to the customer. It's a one-to-one -one, uh, situation for everyone. Yeah. As long, as long as you're sourcing your raws at a good place and you know they're testing right, dude, I, I don't care about having a trademarked ingredient. I think the only one I use is estrogen and the Carb 10. I, I think those are the only trademarked ingredients that I use. Mm -hmm. um, but I've had companies like send me their raws. They do it. I got this patented you know, trademarked ingredient. I want you to try it. Maybe you could use it in one of your, one of your new products coming up. And then they, and they'll send me the studies on these things. And I, and I, and I, and I, First, I'll take it individually to see how it works alone. Then I'll apply it to one of my products and see how it works cohesively together. And, and dude, there's what stocking. Yeah. And, and there's mm. some and actually did a handful like dude, I don't get it. I just I just don't get it. And they have these studies that back them and suggest this, this and this. And I'm just not seeing it. You know what I mean? Like I'm just. And and they're friends. These guys are good guys, and I get it. They're trying to sell their 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 raws, um, but some of them I just don't believe in. You know, I saw, I saw best. and again, since we you know on on this podcast we're being fully transparent and we are actually you know telling the truth. I saw with my own eyes uh, a comparison between generic ashwagandha and KSM. And there was no difference. difference. There was no difference. You know what? And that that's the problem because you have you you have KSM who is a, a multi-million billion dollar company sponsoring the Arnold Classic, sponsoring all these channels, sponsoring mm -hmm. this, sponsoring that, and then these channels are advocating for people to take KSM sixty six. I use KSM sixty six. Great product. Ashwagandha KSM 66 is a great product, but is it the best ashwagandha on the market? It's not. It's not. It's not shit. It's great, but it's not the best on the market for sure. And that's, you know, I mean, I the question is, is like when the lies will stop because the lies seem to be continue. And you know who is responsible? Responsible are the channels who are promoting it, promoting absolute garbage. You know, we've seen it with... Uh, companies that uh you know pre-workouts that get best pre-workout on the market best protein on the market best this on the market best tasting on the market and who are you why are you making these decisions 
Who, who are you? Why are you making these decisions for other people? You know what? How about, you know what, when it comes to, say, for example, best tasting protein, I actually, on my page, numerous times, because I saw people coming out with, you know, with protein powder that, for example, that I have, you know, the same uh, flavor, for example. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, for example, people are raving about uh, our uh, peanut butter cookie. People are raving about that. We had that for five or six years now. We're very popular great flavor people love it okay then i see a couple of other peanut butter cookies that are coming out i'm not saying they're ripping me off because i mean it's just a flavor so it's fine that's not the point the point is is you're putting a statement best tasting peanut butter cookie on the market best tasting protein on the market best this best that okay then you're paying somebody to say the same thing to advertise basically your product for you and it's possibly a lie because it's you know, number one, flavor is subjective, taste is subjective. So I, few times, I posted on social media, I will take any protein flavor, let's put it to a little test. Let's have That's a challenge. Test, let's take, do a taste test challenge. We don't have to go to a pond. We don't have, we go to any gym. You have, we go to any gym and we do a blind test. If you win, I'll shake your hand and say, congratulations, your protein powder tastes better than mine. That's fine. But let's actually, let's have a blind test competition where instead of saying it, let's back it up. I posted it numerous times. Not one company, including, you know, some companies that I know that they have the same flavor. I even tagged few. Not one company responded by saying, let's do it. The, the problem is, is that we blowing up well not we i don't do it but uh, there are some channels who are getting paid and it's nothing wrong with you getting paid there's nothing wrong with you know getting paid for content and stuff like that but the lies the lies you know what that's the problem oh this is trademark ingredient it's the, be it's the best on the market says who says right. you you know but yeah grains of paradise that's generic can be just as good can test out exactly the same as the trademark ingredient and nobody says it. Nobody calls it out. And until that continues, you know, everybody who says, I love the supplement industry, I want to make the supplement industry better. No, you're not. You care only about, you know, money, money. You, you get you're getting paid for it. And that's it. So I think when it comes to it's not a popularity contest. And if somebody doesn't like me, I don't give a fuck. Uh, you know what, as long as people close to me in my life, people that are dear to me, people that actually matter to me, as long as they like me, they love me, that's all that matters. And when I call you out or I say something, it's not because I don't like you, it's because you're lying. And I just happen to be somebody who said, you know how many people sometimes something is said by a certain channel or done by something by a certain channel, the very, uh, the, the people from the industry messaging me. He's a fucking liar. He's a piece of shit. And then I see on social media, they friends. They love each other. They like back up each other. You're my brother. I love you. You know, you're always right. So I think, you know what, like little children, everybody's scared of confrontation. Everybody's scared to be called out. And, you know, um, the lies continue and bullshit continues. And I think it's going to continue. So I think that the focus primarily focus has to be when it comes to our brands. We have to focus on a brand, on our brands, and make it the best possible brand that we can uh, make. And in terms of like the big piece of a pie or a small piece of a pie, 
we will have our piece of a pie regardless because there are people who can supporting us they're going to continue to support us and because we make an honest product it keeps growing you know upon keeps growing i prevail keeps growing why because it's a word of mouth because we slowly gaining more and more the products are selling themselves the advertising for themselves rather than you said that certain companies are going to be out of business so yes they will why because you take a million dollars and you buy a million dollars worth of product then you take another million dollars that somebody gave you and you put into advertising into social media into influencers and now those influencers come and say like this is the best product on the market oh really let me try you try oh my god this is shit. now he's not buying it again and that's the reason why a lot of those companies they're exploding and they're going down and one more thing it's a perfect example not fucking saying anything bad but just making an example when chris bumstead pre-workout came out i had a guy at a pollen gym coming up to me and saying i tried his pre-workout and i used to buy he used to buy hooligan he goes to me i used to buy hooligan but i bought uh, chris bumstead's pre-workout and i was like okay he goes to me i don't like it not buying it anymore i'm like why not he goes to me well after I was using Hooligan, that was pretty strong. This is kind of mild for me and just I don't see anything from it. What I want to see, I don't get the results. And he was very intelligent about it. He was very nice because I'm not buying it anymore. I'm like, well, if you used Hooligan, why did you buy this? You know, if something works for you, why don't you stick to it? He goes to me because I'm a huge fan of Sebum. I'm like, OK, fair enough. I said, so you're not buying it again? Because to me, that was just research. He goes to me, no, I'm not buying it again. I said, but are you still a fan of Sebum? He goes to me, yeah, I'm going to continue being a, a fan of Sebum, but I'm not buying that pre-workout again because it doesn't work. It doesn't get from it. What it so my point is you can sell something once easily. Try to sell it second time when somebody doesn't like it because at the end of the day, I can be a fan of Jason Arns. If his products are shit, I'm going to be a fan of Jason Arns physique. I'm going to be a fan of Jason Arns the bodybuilder. I'm just not going to spend my money on products that don't work. Mm -hmm. That's how it is. I can just see a sound bite now. People are gonna gra get to grab that and saying Robic saying Jason's products suck. <laughs> <laughs> your favorite, your, your favorite TV channels, your favorite TV channels. I would be surprised. That's Guys, how rumors start. As you wind down here, I have a question from someone. It's uh, I asked Joe with Jason, and I'll defer to Robic. What struggles or maybe difficulties do you have growing your brands? Um, so wife, children, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. No, dude, I mean, that's that's not a, a struggle that doesn't get in the way because that, that oh, allows yeah. me to uh, you know, grow at my own rate at my, at my own, my own desire, more or less. Um, struggles are, and like we talked about, sometimes you, you it's easy to get distracted and it's easy to get confused by what you see you know with the hype and the social media and just staying true staying in your lane staying what you're good at you know keeping hey i'm gonna make this this is what i'm doing this is my angle um bumps in the road like you know i had i had products that clumped up in the past there was issues with that now i know not to mix this or and dude, there's certain ingredients that i really love that i really believe in that I, I can't use because there's clumping issues or they don't taste as good and stuff like that. And people are just not buying them. Um, and as my market share grows, that's something I'm going to revisit because now as a growing company, 
I need the support to grow from some of the people there. They don't want it to clump up, so I can't have this. All right, well, in a process, I had to add this ingredient. It's an anti-caking or anti-clumping uh, substance to, to prevent it from clumping. But I hate using fillers and shit in my product. I don't want to. But people don't realize that, you know, some of these products, they're supposed to fucking clump. They're not made to put this beautiful, you know, to, to put, a, put a lipstick on a pig, more or less. You know, like, it's not made to put all these these flavors in to make it it's made to to work to be effective and we had to put all this crap in it to disguise it up and make it taste beautiful and taste perfect so they don't god forbid they taste any of the raw ingredients on their fucking gentle palates you know what i mean like you know we have to be careful with that but that that stuff that i that i is more of a learning curve you know and not using certain types of glycerol because they they clump in your products and not causing this and not causing that. So, um, you know, not shipping certain ways, you know, like little, little things that you don't learn until you do them, yep. you know, um, and there's more stuff I'm going to learn. I'm going to make more mistakes. Of course. But the good thing is now is that I'm able to make these mistakes while I'm developing. Mm-hmm. You know, if a big company makes a mistake, they got a lot more to answer for because now you have people that might not return to buy that product again. At least if I make a mistake now, it's with a smaller demographic. You know, and hey, all right, I'm only in, you know, maybe three quarters of the country right now in all the accounts or, or half the half the accounts in the country, whatever. Um, if I was in all the accounts and my products all clumped up, it, it's going to be tough trying to get back into those accounts, you know. Um, yeah. But now I could fix it. I could send product out to, to, to compensate for what they lost in the clump products. I can make good on that and now grow. So it's it's uh it's no different than any other business. You know, nothing's going to be a smooth path, path to the top. You know, it's like a, a stock. You know, there's peaks and valleys. There's, there's peaks and valleys and just not letting the, uh, the drops, you know, break you emotionally or, or break you financially or, or break you, break you uh, spiritually. Jason, take out COVID. Are you happy with the way the, movie, the business has been growing or just the overall? Dude, I grew in COVID. I actually, I was up 30% the year in COVID and then, you know, I just started out. So any new account I was getting uh, was good. That's positive. There was positive income. Um, but I've had, you know, I'm, I'm growing every year. You know, I got to look at the numbers from last year. Last year I, I was up. I wasn't up to where I wanted to be, but I was fucking up and I was up at a, at a decent rate, you know, I'm not, but I always reach, you know, I always reach, you know, the year before I was up 30 something percent, the year before that I was up 60%. You know, so it's, there's, awesome. there's been, there's been some good, good progression. Mm, great. Guys, if you wind down, any, any other questions, maybe something that we haven't discussed here so far? I, I have a question for Jason. I'm going to throw him under the bus right now. Yeah. yeah. Cause fuck supplements. I mean, it's just too much now. Got to, got to have a little bit of fun. Number one is because you're a big fight fan. I know how much you like fights. What do you think about Francis Ngannou against AJ boxing match? Yeah, I don't know. I don't, it's, it'll be interesting. Um, but uh, I don't know. I'm not really for these guys going into boxing after. Uh, yeah, I, I feel you know, stick to what you do. Yeah, same thing. Stick to what you're good at. You I mean, know? It's, it's obviously purely for money. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's all hype. It's all hype. 
But uh, the second question is actually, um, you know, it's, you, you're probably going to smile when I ask you, but it's a legitimate question. How did you feel about Masters Olympia? Because I have my opinion about it. How did you feel about Masters Olympia being introduced? And that's number one. Number two, has it crossed your mind to enter? Because I know you. You're always in fucking shape. You even know. I can tell you in shape. Um, yeah, dude, I'm still in shape. I still do the same shit. You know, yeah. I still... I know, I know how you eat. I know how you train. Yeah, I'm probably a five percent body fat year round. <laughs> Stretch uh, glutes. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. he's always he's always been in shape. I've never seen him not in shape, and I can tell even now he's a fucking diesel. So yeah. my, I mean, there is no way you didn't even consider it for like a second. I, I can honestly say I did not consider it for a no? second. No, it does. So, and I said this when I'm when I'm ready to retire, I want to retire. You know. It does nothing for me to say I'm the best 50-year-old guy up there. I wanted to be the best guy in the world, no matter what age. You know what I mean? Um, am I in shape? Do I look fine now? Yeah, I look fine. I look, I look good. I look good. But I don't look like I used to look to get on stage. You know, and I'd have to go and start doing things again. And I'm at a point in my life where I have no, you know, no passion for that anymore. Now my my... You know, I, I've applied that. Well, that was the struggle, right, when I retired, is I've been used to competing in something since I was a kid. I competed in gymnastics. I wrestled for seven years. I played football for 11 years. I was always competing in something, you know, um, and, then, and then bodybuilding. So I always had something to train for and fight for and prepare for. And then when I retired, you know, that gets lost, you know, and, and – um, you know, a certain sense of your identity that, that has been a part of you is just gone. Um, but the introduction, and I've, now I've been able to kind of convert that as, hey, now I'm competing with companies like you, Rob, and other guys out there. And we want to be the best we could possibly be. And I want to reach the top one year and, 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 and do a certain amount and be recognized as a top, you know, a top brand out there. That's my fight right now. And that's what I aspire to. Um, okay, but what in terms of um, um, again today the two you competed in the two twelve division. Uh, I think you competed in you in the original two hundred two. Two hundred two, yeah, yeah two hundred two. And you were never known as a mass monster. You're always known for your symmetry and for your conditioning. I mean, those were your trademarks. You were one of those what they call a smaller bodybuilder that always took heads even when it came to mass monsters because you did it with your signature moves. And I know how transparent, at least with me, and how conservative you were with the drug use and very outspoken. You never denied anything. So I knew what you were doing more or less. And I can attest to the fact that you were not a fucking walking pharmacy. That's for sure. And you kind of stuck to it. You always played the conditioning game because you were good at it. And you didn't try, I don't think even one year from what I remember, where you tried to come to like 20, 30 pounds heavier and be a mass monster. But uh, a lot of guys are talking about the era of the 90s and 2000s where, you know, Ronnie dominated and guys were absolutely amazing. Kevin Lebroni, Flex Wheeler, Chris Greer, you, I mean, all those guys that were in that era. And you come from that very special era, which is impressive. And not only do you come from there, but you were also a top six Olympia competitor, which is not easy to achieve. And I'm pretty sure that you know already where I'm going with this. Would Jason Arns 
that Jason Arons at his best, that Jason Arons be competitive today. And be honest, you know, you don't have to be afraid to be to come off arrogant or anything. No, like not at all. Not, not at all. I can, I can honestly say that if they would have had the 202 pound class two or three, four years earlier, I would have won at least at least twice. Once or twice. I would have won. I would have won the 202s, um, you know, when they in, in 98, when they advanced it, I was still looking good. But it was towards the end of my, you know, my my prime. Um, but there's pictures of me with Lee Priest and cracking the, you know, top six or top top seven at the Arnold with Ronnie and with Flex and with Comer and, and Kevin and these top guys. Um, and dude, and I was, you know, beating Dennis James, beating beating some of these guys back then who were, you know, relevant for years. Um, yeah, dude, I definitely would have been competitive. I definitely would have. Uh, you know, made a bigger mark. Um, and I, I probably would have had one, at least one, maybe two Olympia titles if they had had it a few years earlier. Because to me, it seems like, you know, I mean, I'm always about, like, like you, I'm very competitive, very, very competitive. But I don't compete um, unless I have to be, I don't know, in a ring with somebody or something like that, that I don't compete against you. Uh, when it comes to a brand, I compete against myself. You know, I set a certain level and I want to suppress that level, kind of like you do, you know, from year to year to get better and better and better. And I believe so far in nine years, I was able to achieve that. Now, I look the same way in bodybuilding. Like, for example, when I look at kickboxing and Muay Thai, I can honestly say that kickboxing and Muay Thai is not as good as it used to be years ago, 10 years, 15, 20 years, the golden era, I think the fighters were better. Maybe it's training, maybe it's talent, I don't know, it doesn't really matter, but I'm a firm believer that they were better. The UFC, the MMA, I think they got better now. I think they're better than they used to be 10, 15 years ago. But the Muay Thai kickboxing, no. Same goes for bodybuilding. Yeah. It is my strong belief, and again, uh, this is just a matter of opinion, then, you know, we saw you know, from uh, um, from Larry Scott to, say, Ronnie Coleman, constantly the level was increasing. And in my opinion, Ronnie was the best bodybuilder of all time at his best. You know, the 1998 and 99 and 2003 Ronnie Coleman, to me, is still the best bodybuilder of all time. Again, right. that's that, that, that's my personal belief, and I'm not trying to disrespect Phil Heath or Jay Cutler or anyone else uh, or Huddy or, or any of those guys, but to me, that's the best bodybuilder of all time. So I, I don't see progress in bodybuilding. I'm sorry to say it again, not trying to offend anyone. I don't think they're getting better. I oh, so, that, so for your... Yeah, the, 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 same, the same thing goes for 212 or 202, whatever the fuck you want to call it, division, where you see... You said that you competed. How how much did you weigh? Two hundred, one ninety eight. What? I was I was sucking down to make it to make the two hundred two. So I was right. Two hundred two. So yeah. if you take, uh, you know, not current but recent Mister Olympia Sean Clarita, and again, nothing against Sean. I, I love Sean's physique. He's not even two hundred pounds because he's so short. Um, I actually preferred Sean Clarita's physique. Very smaller. Couple, yeah, smaller. When he was competing in 160s or something like that, because streamlined. I mean, it's always it's like a pre-workout. You know, the, we we always saying a well-rounded pre-workout will deliver energy, focus, and pump. So the same thing with bodybuilding: size, symmetry, conditioning. 
And I think all those, they have to come synergetically together. And I think Sean right now is not symmetrical. I think he used to be symmetrical, but he's not anymore. So to me personally, I think that even in today's day and age, and I'm not saying it as a friend, I'm saying it as a fan or former fan of bodybuilding because I'm not much as a fan these days. Um, I think that honestly, Jason Arms at his best back then would be very, very competitive, not necessarily with 202 division. I think with 212 division, you would probably lose on size, but you would not lose on symmetry and conditioning, and that's two out of three. And considering that conditioning today is not what it used to be, I mean, some guys come conditioned, don't get me wrong, but it's not back then in the 90s and 2000s, you had everybody pretty much in shape. You know, majority were in shape, not today. So I think personally that you would be not going to say, Wanda Olympia or whatever. I'm not gonna say anything like that. What I'm gonna, which is possible, I still think. But I think you would be top three, top six competitor today. So I, yeah. So then may I probably misinterpret your question. I thought you meant back then if they would have had it sooner. So to answer your question better, no, 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 no. I mean Jason Arms of then competing now. Today. Oh yeah, dude. So what I think is, I think I would offer bodybuilding a completely different look, something that it's lacking. That they just don't have anymore. You don't have like these guys that have good small waist, good shoulder to waist, uh, waist and hip ratios, kind of like that X frame with, with symmetry and guys that flow and guys that could pose well and have good stage presence and put it together and have a good. The posing sucks too. For most part, it's horrible, dude. It's, it's horrible, you know? Um, so, yeah, I definitely think I would be relevant. Um, to say the least, if not strongly competitive, you know, even what, in the, what, what was your best year? What, what is, in your opinion, your best look? Um, my best look, I'd say, was probably did the, the 2001 Ironman or Arnold. Um, but then 2007. So if we take Iron... that look, if we take yeah. that look and throw you into 2023 Mr. Olympia, how would yeah, you do? I would probably beat a lot of the top guys. Okay, I agree. Yeah. Just a different time now. You know, it's just because it, it would look completely different than what I'm being compared to. I agree. I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. A lot of blocky guys that just look muscle bound and overwhelmingly, you know, like you said, like about Sean, like Sean was better, a little lighter. Now it's just, it's too much. It looks too cosmetic. You know, it looks too sight enhanced. You know, nothing flows. Your muscle back then moved differently when you saw it on stage. It doesn't move anymore. You know what I mean? It's not fluent. Um, that's it's lost. That's lost. Love of muscle. Well, as somebody who is a bodybuilder himself, a pro bodybuilder, do you like anxiously waiting for the Mr. Olympia? You're watching it on a live stream. You're excited about it or not really? No, I had really, I had, and I like Derek Lunsford. Um, you know, I think he has a good package, but there's just things that are missing in, in, in these guys nowadays that guys were just more complete back then. Like everybody has sweeping thighs. Now it's like they're square and they're, you know, they don't look right. And, and, and when you turn them to the rear, it looks different and their skin looks different. It's just a different look. And, and, uh, you know, when they're hitting most musculars and they're, 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 the sinewy fiber is not there anymore. It's, it's hard and it's dry and some of, the, some of it's mature. 
um, but it lacks a lot of the detail and it lacks a lot of athleticism. Like, remember when but Kevin if you think was, about it, the training, okay, I'm not going to go into training because everybody trains different and everybody has these fucking new training methods, which piss me off. Um, but uh, the drugs are the same. The drugs are definitely the same. And then you have, apart from the drugs, uh, I mean, nothing changed in terms of gym equipment or anything like that. I mean, basically, the basic stays the same. Um, so is it the food? Is it uh, I, definitely not the drugs? Um, the site enhancement, I mean, that was back then, too. So, I mean, something has definitely changed. What do you think attributed it to? I'm just going to go say it. Yeah, I'm going I'm to say it. To downgrading from the best days of bodybuilding. I think the standards. It's the suffering. Are, I'm going to say the suffering. Because nobody, nobody in today's time has the death face. Dexter Jackson was the last person to have the death face. So I think it's a little bit of all of it. I think it's the suffering. Guys don't go that extra mile. Um, I think it's the quality of physiques just aren't there right now. And I do think it's the drugs, but not in the sense of what you're saying, Rob. I think it's the drugs where they're overused now, where their, their organs are getting bigger. Their stomachs are getting bigger. They're looking wider framed. They're not as – dude, guys, guys like back then – So they you're have, thinking they're using just more? It's a lot more. I think it's a lot more, yeah. Yeah. But is it because of the quality, though? Because people say that back in your time, Jason, that with the, the actual chemicals were more, the quality was better. I agree. The quality was probably better because um, they were all European. Everything came from Europe or made here or pharmaceutical grade. And now it's made in somebody's fucking bathtub, you know, and, and, and put together. And who knows where it comes from or what's really in it. But I know the doses they're doing back. Like I hear guys taking. You know, you see a trend every day and 600 milligrams of equipoise. Who the fuck was doing that in my time? I never heard of that shit. You know, like 50 megs of, of EQ every other day. And, and I think Dorian even set the standard on that. Like this was somebody who was a 260 pound Mr. Olympia. Now you have guys at regional shows taking that dosage. It's just, it's, it's gone out of hand. And, and I do, don't think the work ethic is there. I don't think a lot of the guys are training as hard, or at least coming into the ranks. Um, but you know, there's not, not that many quality physiques anymore. And I think that it's become <clears throat> too easy for guys to get recognition where they're seen on social media and that's enough for them. You know, they could compete or get the notoriety of, of an athlete without actually having to be an athlete. And, uh, you know, that is lost where guys used to, you got to go earn it. You, you got to go earn it. Nowadays, they don't have to go earn it. It's expected. It's entitled. It's an entitlement. You know, um, I have one more question before I'm, I'm done with questions, but I've seen you train. I've seen you train many times, in fact. Um, but I never asked you this question. How do you feel about the term overtraining? <laughs> Dude. Like, I did it with a straight face. Yeah, yeah, good for you. Good for you. <laughs> so nowadays, I really find it hard um, to hear somebody overtraining. I just, I don't see it. They're yeah. overtraining. Yeah, yeah. Like, you, look, to, to, our bodies are will adapt. You know, our bodies will recover. Our bodies will grow. Um, as hard as I've trained, and I'm talking beyond failure with, with, 
force reps and force negatives and then drop sets and then throwing up every workout. If I didn't overtrain, I don't know how the fuck these guys are overtraining nowadays with the abundance of drugs they're on, you know, with, with the way they're dieting, with the enormous amount of calories they're eating, with the lack of restrictions they have. Um, I don't see it, you know, so overtraining is a term that is widely overused um, and underappreciated, you know, um, like when we were overtrained, we're fucking injured. You know, we're, we are injured. You know, that, that's overtraining. Like we're fucked up, we, you know, and we're still coming in tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> we're still going to be there. We'll work around it. We'll find a way, you know. Um, you know, it's, it's funny because um, the very <laughs> time I went to Thailand to train, right? And uh, when I was training here in the States, the session would be, the Muay Thai session would be one hour, which is a standard training, you know, one hour. One hour we train and that's it. You know, a little bit of uh, pads, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, one hour out. And I remember I went to Thailand for the very first time and I prepared myself for Thailand. So I was in what I thought was in great shape. I was like, I'm in phenomenal shape. I've been training five, six days a week, one hour every time. And I'm in great shape. I get to Thailand and I get to the camp where I'm training and they told me that I have to be there at 7 a.m. I'm like, okay, no, that's no problem. I get there at 7 a.m. and I see the Thai guys, the Thai fighters are running. They're running like on the street. They're running. I was like, okay, that's, I, I thought I'm on time. And I was like, am I on time? Yeah, you're on time. The warm-up was 45 minutes. After the warm-up, I was pretty much done. To that warm-up, I have no idea how I even survived. After that, they said they're going to be holding pads for us for five rounds, three minutes each round with 30-second break. I did that. And then they said we have to do five rounds on the back for three minutes with 30-second break. And then after that, we have to do sparring. And then after that, we have to do what they say, cool down. So the whole session is about three hours. Or so, and it's under 100 degrees weather. It's, uh, it's outside. By the time I got to half of the training, and I went with my brother-in-law, you know, he was just watching. I mean, he was, I, I'm not kidding you right now. I started crying. <laughs> I started legit crying. I was crying. Right. Like tears, everything. I'm crying. And I'm like, I'm not good enough. I suck. I this, I'm that. Like I was, I was like, what the fuck? You know, this is overtrading. This is terrible. You know, yeah. sooner or later, like I adapted to it. So, the funny thing is, is once the session was over at 10 a.m., three hours before we were leaving, one of the coaches, because they had like 10 coaches per class, one of the coaches goes to me, "See you at four o'clock." I'm like, what? He goes to me, the second session. <laughs> <We're not done yet. laughs> so the second session is from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Yeah. Six hours of training a day, you yeah. know, and that's the reason. So, you know, if it happened here, they would be screaming discrimination. So the Thai fighters would not train with us because we were not good enough. Wow. We were not good enough. They had a special sesh, uh, section for just the Thai guys. And we were, because they can't pronounce uh, foreign fighters or foreign guys, so they called us Farang. So we were Farangs. All of us, we were Farangs, and we were training separately. So all the white guys and black guys were training separately from the Thai guys. 
So you know what? When I hear overtraining today, that's like thrown around immediately. People are training like you know they do a couple of sets and that's it. Because otherwise, we overtraining. I don't know who came up. Oh, with that. it's slowing down <laughs> now. Oh, hey, <laughs> yeah, slow down. four but, sets in. That's enough. I, I, I yeah, I remember the way you trained, and I remember you were you would come to Apollo around like six a.m. or seven a.m. or something like that. And even if not training for a show, you were there for like two hours at least, yeah. and yeah. training hard. Even still, dude, you know, I still train almost still two hours. Same, right? Yeah. About an hour and a half of training and 30 minutes of cardio. And I, I do I do one or two functional days a week, um, functional training, mobility training. Um, but it's, you know, it's fucking intense. Still intense. I don't think you'll ever change. No. Still, <laughs> still, still eating your chicken and your meals. Yeah, yeah. Weighing everything still. Yeah, I'm fucked up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got issues. Jason, it's truly been a pleasure. Um, plug social media, the website, anything else you got going on here? Let a little of listeners know, let all the listeners know where they can find you, the products, everything else. So they uh, I prevail subs.i-prevailsubs.com is the website. All the product information's on there. Um, you know, there you go. There's the T2 sweat. That's one of Lucas's favorites. Um, but yeah, everything you need to know is there. My Instagram is I underscore prevail subs. And, uh, and and I get back to my customers, dude. If you have any questions, you could DM me or email me on the website, and I, I answer all of them. Uh, and I get back in a timely manner. But uh, but yeah, if you're looking for a little change or looking to try some of the products, you check them out. And I have my own Instagram. It's uh, my personal one, but it's it's just Jason Arts. Usually the topic of the day. I love to kind of watch a little ninety second, whatever people are asking you. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah, the videos I do. Yeah. So on behalf of Robic and Lucas, thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. Make oh, sure one more it. thing. J Jason, is your show happening this year? Oh, yeah. yeah I'm actually negotiating with a couple of schools right now. Um, so it, it'll be uh, July uh, 27th. Okay, good. Yeah. Awesome. I'll and keep you posted. Ten year or how many years have you had that? A longer. Dude, this is like my 16th or 17th year. It's been a while. Wow. I didn't have it for two years because of COVID. And I had it originally in 97, 98, 99, but then I dropped it for a couple of years, picked it back up in 2009, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, you know, all the way up until now, nice. except I lost two years in COVID. It's been a while. Awesome, awesome. NPC Muscle Beach, July 27th at the Jersey yeah. Shore. Cool. Again, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you watch us every Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Jason, stay on for just a minute. Thank you Thank so you much, guys. folks. Have a great day. Yeah. Take care.